You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... City studio. Look at us. Wow. Boy, oh boy. We're all grown up. This is amazing. For the first time in our eight year history, my friends, we are on the road. This is the very first ever on the road edition of the MMA Hour, your favorite show that, of course, airs every Monday right here on MMAfighting.com. But things are a little different this time out. Where are we right now? We're in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are in Sin City, my friends. And right now, we are inside the Mayweather McGregor Media Center. You can kind of get a scope of where we are. There's a great shot right there. The entire scope of this media center. They call this Radio Row, and there's a bunch of radio stations, radio shows behind us, doing shows live from Vegas in anticipation of the highly anticipated Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight. Now, our show is a little different because, to the best of my knowledge, our show is the only show that will be doing this many hours of live streaming video from right here in Las Vegas. Two hours today from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 to 8 Eastern Time. We're doing the MMA Beat at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here from this set. The boys will be joining me tomorrow afternoon. Then, again, same time, prime time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time to 8 p.m. Eastern, right here. We're back doing another episode of the MMA Hour. And then at 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday, as to not coincide with the weigh-ins on Friday afternoon, we're going from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. This is amazing. For me personally, if I could just wax poetic for a little bit and get a little nostalgic, this show started in 2009. When I first pitched the show to the folks over at AOL, they said, don't go longer than 15 minutes. They said, no one wants to listen for more than 15 minutes. They said, give me an hour because my intro is going to take 15 minutes. And over time, it has progressed, it has grown, it has grown, it has grown, and it's now five plus hours, as you know, every Monday. But to do a show on the road, to get this kind of support from everyone at Vox, to have this great crew with us on the road doing this, and as you can see, a great setup, great streaming, and then most importantly, to be linked up with a platform like Twitter, which you know I am on pretty much 24-7, 365, is a huge honor for me. So we are exclusive on Twitter. We are Twitter's exclusive home for the fight of the century, Mayweather versus McGregor. Over on MMAfighting.twitter.com, that's where you can watch us for the next three days, whether it's the MMA Hour or the MMA Beat. And this has been a huge deal for me personally to be a part of this fight, to be covering this fight, and to be doing this show for the next three days with a platform like Twitter. What a huge, um, what a huge honor it really is! And I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be doing this. We've got a huge show lined up for all of you today, and it's 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 funny because I've talked about on the program on Mondays. It's uh, it's tiring enough to book a show once a week, let alone four shows, and that's what we're efforting to do this week. Day one. I'm happy with it. This is the lineup for day one. At around three, okay, I'm going. I'm going Pacific time here because I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. I'm not used to that, so I'll go. I'll go Eastern. 6:15 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be joined by Malkakawa. Of course, we're here for Mayweather McGregor. But as you may know, late yesterday we found out that John Jones had failed 
his UFC 214 pre-fight drug test. Now, it was in competition. It was the night before the fight. It was after the weigh-ins. And this came out from the United States Anti-Doping Agency. Uh, California State Athletic Commission also confirmed the news. The UFC confirmed the news. Right now, we don't know what is the status of John Jones as far as his fighting future is concerned. Is facing a maximum four-year suspension. Also, what's the status of his light heavyweight title? I spoke to Daniel Cormier. He's not quite sure as of right now. There were some reports that John Jones was going to be stripped of the belt. That is not true, at least as of right now. Of course, if he is found guilty, if he is officially suspended by USADA for four years, that will be coming. And so that is a massive news, and it seems like every time we're about to celebrate a milestone in mixed martial arts, and of course, we're here for a boxing match, I know, but this is still a big deal in the world of MMA. Something like this happens, and it's unfortunate because John Jones has, of course, been through so much, and he comes back at UFC 214, and he's such a huge star, and that show did so well for the UFC, 850,000 to 900,000 pay-per-view buys. They needed him to be back, opening the door for the likes of Brock Lesnar, opening the door to a super fight with a Stipe Miocic, and now this happens. But important to note, very important to note, in this sport, sometimes people are guilty before proven innocent. Look at what Daniel Cormier said. Look at what Alexander Gustafson said. You are innocent until proven guilty, and that's why he is provisionally suspended. They're going to test his B sample. We'll see what happens there. But be careful before you bury him six feet under. Be careful before you sort of end his career and end his legacy. It's important to note that because we've seen some wacky things in the sport, especially in this USADA era. So yes, it's disappointing, and yes, it's troubling, and yes, after everything that's happened, you wonder how he can rebound and you wonder what this means for his legacy and you wonder what it what it really means about who he is as a fighter this is lebron james testing positive this is this is tom brady testing positive this isn't just run a run-of-the-mill fighter this is you know to steal a line from floyd mayweather tbe this is the best ever in my opinion but what does this all mean so at 6.15 in less than 10 minutes we are going to be joined by Malki Kawa, who is John Jones's manager in his first interview since this news came out. I spoke to Malki earlier this morning. He is fired up. He is somewhat emotional. This is an emotional time for them. They thought that they were turning the corner. They thought that the storm had passed them. And so I'm very curious to hear what Malki Kawa has to say. So that's at 6.15 p.m. Eastern Time. At 6.35 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm really excited about this. Joining me on our set will be two veterans of MMA, two veterans of the UFC. Phil Baroni, the New York badass, Stefan Bonner, the UFC Hall of Famer, the finalist on The Ultimate Fighter Season 1. They'll be joining us together. They've been doing some pro wrestling together. And these I mean, they have, they have some hot takes as far as this fight is concerned. They've got some hot takes as far as the state of MMA is concerned. They are, they are characters, and I'm excited to be talking to them at around 6.35 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's two guests that will be joining us on the set. Afterwards, at, again, I'm saying 4 or 5, 7.05 p.m. It's going to take me some time to get back and forth between Eastern and Pacific time zone. At around 4.05 Pacific, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, Michael Conlon, the 3-0 professional boxer, the two-time Olympian, bronze medalist in the 2012 games and oh by the way the young man out of Ireland Northern Ireland to be exact 
who made his professional debut St. Patrick's Day of this past year, who had Conor McGregor walk him to the ring at the theater in Madison Square Garden. He'll be joining us to weigh in, of course, on Mayweather McGregor, whether or not he was a part of this camp, wanted to be a part of this camp. He's returning to action in September. Really excited to talk to Michael Conlon. That will be at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Then, at around 7.30, we'll be joined by Al Bernstein. Al Bernstein is one of three men who will be calling the fight on Saturday night for Showtime Sports. Play-by-play will be Mauro Ronaldo. Holly Malinaji, who we all know so much about, and Al Bernstein will be the third man in the booth. He'll be joining me to talk about the fight. Now, speaking of Polly Malinaji, I should say, uh, Steven Espinoza, the president of Showtime Sports, Sports um, I spoke to him earlier today prior to the press conference. They just had a press conference at the MGM Grand uh, just a, uh, a few minutes ago, and Espinoza told me, I asked him, is Polly going to be still on the broadcast? He said yes. So that is good news for all you Pauly fans. I think it's the right move. I think that he somewhat validates the $100 price tag. I think people, whether they want to admit it or not, want to hear what he wants to say. Yesterday they had the Grand Arrivals, which is a boxing thing. I know a lot of MMA fans aren't really used to the Grand Arrivals. Um, this is a, a boxing thing that they typically do. The fighters come to the host hotel usually. If it's a really big event, it's inside an arena. Yesterday it was outside the T-Mobile Arena and it was sweltering. At one point I actually thought that I was going to faint of dehydration. When I was talking to Connor in the back, there were actual like sweat buckets just dripping off my face. Uh, it was very hot. And after Connor met with the media, there was a bit of a run-in with Pauly Malignaggi. And uh, we caught it on camera. In fact, I pulled out my iPhone and I captured it all. I was very proud of myself. I was looking to get a shooter credit on that, but unfortunately it did not happen. Um, we did capture the back and forth. You've seen it on our MMAfighting.com uh, page as of right now. And so I was wondering, I asked Steven Espinoza, you know, will he remain... Will he remain on the broadcast? And Espinoza said yes. So I want to hear from Al Bernstein as to what he thinks of all of this. The fight, of course, and then the Pauly versus Conor McGregor feud. And then finally, how about this? We are going to be joined by Ice Cube. Ice Cube, the legendary rapper himself, the hip-hop mogul himself, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ice Cube will be stopping by. And this is a very exciting thing for me. I'm a big hip-hop fan. I have a ton of respect for Ice Cube. And this is very cool because he is a fight fan, but he's also the head of the Big 3 basketball tournament. And you may have heard that the Big 3 basketball tournament actually had the T-Mobile Arena booked for Saturday night. It was the finals of their season, the three-on-three -three Legends of Basketball League that just launched this year. Well, they had the T-Mobile Arena booked, but they announced the fight. So then he had to agree to take his show to the MGM Grand. I wonder if there was some money involved. He was saying, look, if you want to if you want to pay up, you can pay up. But as of right now, I'm not moving. Eventually, they did move. So he's here promoting the event. Earlier, Kenyon Martin, former Denver Nugget, number one pick, former New York Knicks, former New Jersey Net. He was here. There's a bunch of basketball players just milling around. This is a dream for me. Basketball and MMA and boxing, combat sports. Brett Musburger is here. It's a who's who. This is all very exciting. So that's the lineup for today. I got here yesterday morning, early morning. Went to the Grand Arrivals, captured the whole Polly thing. That was a lot of fun. Then got here, and of course, and by the way, there's a rainstorm going on. It never rains in Las Vegas. I'm here all the time, and it never rains. It's very weird. Um, then we got the John Jones news. That was crazy. Still kind of trying to digest all of that. 
John hasn't talked as of right now, did speak briefly to Dana White, asked him a question, and he was very nice. In case you're wondering what my question was, I asked him if he felt like this was the breath of fresh air as a promoter because he could just back one guy. It's kind of reminiscent of him and Chuck Liddell back in the day in Pride. Remember that? And so he said that he liked it, but it makes him nervous and his heart is going to be beating. Anyway, it was a nice cordial little chat. And um, so that happened earlier today. They had the press conference. The press conference, if you missed it, was very subdued. It was unlike anything that we've seen in the build-up to this fight, World Tour. There were no fans there, so I think that they were not really feeding off of anything. Perhaps the uh, the most interesting note to come out of the press conference, as I pull, I, wa I want to get this right. I want to get this right. Um, they came out and announced that an actual belt will be on the line, and it's called the Money Belt. And this is a page out of Ted DiBiase and Virgil back in the day. I don't know if anyone even consulted with those gentlemen, but they actually came out. W WBC President Mauricio Suleiman announced that the Money Belt will be on the line this Saturday as Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Conor McGregor compete against each other in the boxing ring. 3,360 diamonds on said belt, 600 sapphires, 300 emeralds. Oh, and by the way, it's made of alligator leather. This is true. They actually came out and presented it and had a whole presentation. It was very, I, I didn't expect, I actually spoke to Bob Bennett on my way out and I was like, did you even know that there was a belt? And he kind of laughed at it all. I mean, it's not a real belt. It's kind of a fictitious thing to, you know, I don't know, give some credence to this fight. I don't think it's, it's necessary, but you know these two guys. They like money. They like flashy things. Why not? I was talking to Floyd earlier today as well as I just casually dropped that. And he was wearing the biggest ring I've ever seen with a thousand, uh, I, I mean, I, I didn't ask him how many diamonds, but there were a lot. And then the, 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 the watch, so much ice on that watch, you can skate on it. You get what I'm saying? Yes, you get what I'm saying. By the way, as we uh, show the, um, the graphic there, MMAfighting.twitter.com is your home. Uh, perhaps at the end of the show, we'll take some questions. So hit us up using the hashtag DMMAHour. I'll answer some of those. I do have my computer here, as you can see. And so uh, I'd love to hear from all of you. Hopefully everything's working, everything's good, everything's feeling good, everything's... Everything's rocking and rolling here, and appreciate this, my friends. Behind us, it's all radio. There's some TV guys doing some hits, but no one else is doing two-plus hours of live streaming from here inside the media center. This fight is that big. It warrants it, in my opinion. Enjoy the ride leading up to the fight. It's an important time as you see the setup. It's an important time in our sport. It's an important time in combat sports. And it's going to be over come Monday. And in fact, Conor McGregor said that at the press conference that he's going to be a little sad when it's over because he kind of feels like, all right, the build up, and then what's next? What do I do after that? I will be sad as well. Yes? Yes? All right. Let us move along to our first guest of the day. And it's a, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be joined by him. This does not pertain to Mayweather McGregor, but it's the right way to start our live coverage for this week. As I said at the top, we found out late yesterday that according to the United States Anti-Doping Agency, John Jones failed a pre-fight UFC 214 drug test. 
it was a drug test that occurred right after the weigh-ins on Friday afternoon, July 28th. And as of right now, he is provisionally suspended. Again, as I said, not officially suspended. He is he, he, he is he is allowed a due process, and he will go through that due process. But we wanted to hear from a member of his team, and I'm being told that we are being joined by his manager, Malki Kawa, on the phone right now. Malki, are you there? I'm here, buddy, but your, 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 your connection is really shoddy. My connection is really shoddy. You, you can't quite hear me? You're coming in now. Okay, we're going to work on that. We're going to call you back, Maki, all right? Uh, we're going to work on that. As it got really loud in my ears there, we're going to... This is all a little new, so bear with us for a second, but we will reconnect with... Mr. Kawa here in a matter of moments and hopefully get him back on the horn and speak to him about the John Jones situation. They did put out a statement yesterday, which if I could pull up, I will. Here it is. This was given to us by John Jones's camp. We are all at a complete loss for words right now. John, his trainers, his nutritionists, and his entire camp have worked tirelessly and meticulously the past 12 months to avoid this exact situation. We are having the samples tested again to determine the validity or source of contamination. John is crushed by this news, and we are doing whatever we can as a team to support him. That was from John Jones's team on Tuesday afternoon right after the news came out. Daniel Cormier also released a statement exclusively, exclusively to us first. He said, quote, it's hard to find words to describe how I'm feeling right now. I'm disappointed to hear the news. It's very emotional. We as athletes are entitled to due process and I will refrain from saying much more until I know exactly what happened. In my mind, on July 29th, I competed and I lost. I thought John Jones was the better man that day. I don't know what to think anymore. I can't believe we are all going through this again. We will see what happens next. Thank you to all my fans who have supported me during this dark time. I love you very much. And it has to be an emotional roller coaster for one Daniel Cormier. In fact, I spoke to him on Monday, and he started to sound like himself. You know that he was on the program just a couple of weeks ago, and he sounded a bit dark, a little a little disturbed. I mean, not disturbed, but a little depressed, a little down. And uh, it, it, it was obviously a, a big blow to him emotionally and physically to lose this fight to John Jones, especially considering how he looked in the fight. And it felt like on Monday, he was starting to feel like himself. He was starting to sound like himself. He was getting over it. He was going to Hawaii with his family. He was taking a bit of time off. That's what it felt like, at least to me. And then he gets this news, and in fact, I was the one who broke the news to him. He did not believe it. He kept asking me to swear on my kid's life because he thought that I was playing a prank on him. And I don't blame him. I thought it was a prank when someone told me about it. And so as of right now, he hasn't talked just yet. And it remains to be seen what this means for him, what this means for the light heavyweight title. And it's obviously unfortunate for John Jones, and you wonder how he's handling it. You wonder. He has not talked, of course. Uh, but it, it, it has been a rocky road over the last two years, ever since that victory over Daniel Cormier at UFC 182. 
the UFC, of course, from a business standpoint, this is a massive deal and a massive blow as well because John Jones, without Connor active, without Ronda Rousey active, is their biggest draw. Let's see if we got Malky now. Malky, are you there? I'm here, but you're still. I'm still very low. Okay, let's try there, because he's very low to me. Sorry, Malky, bear with us here for a second. Okay, we'll try one more time. Good thing we started off with a phoner right off the bat. Wanted to get the breaking news, but uh, have no fear. We will figure that out. They are working very hard to, to figure that out. And then at around 6.35 p.m. Eastern Time, as I said, we'll be joined hopefully in studio by Stephen Bonner and uh, Phil Baroni. But I know that here in Las Vegas, they do not handle rain very well. So it makes me a little nervous. The security here is nuts. We have to wear one of these little bracelets. You see this? And there's actually a, uh, a chip. There's a chip. Where is it? Right over there. Boom, boom, boom. There's a chip. You see it? Right there. And you can't go anywhere without sort of going through a, a device and you have to buzz yourself in and that's all well and good I don't mind that as you can see I don't, I don't really mind that but what I do kind of mind about this setup is the fact that you can't take it off that's a big problem for me you can't like like I have to wear this so that means I have to shower with it and everyone else that I see wearing it has to shower with it uh, that feels a little bit dirty to me I don't know but I do like the fact that we don't have to wear one of those credentials this is not what we have to wear on fight night apparently on fight night they're giving us our own credentials but uh, all week long to come in and out of this media center to come in and out of the press conferences and things of that nature uh, we have to wear this which I think is kind of cool I mean this is the biggest thing that I've ever covered as far as combat sports is concerned uh, there's no doubt about that and I've been to the Olympics that's probably the biggest sporting event that I've ever covered and they had a media center like this that media center was a lot bigger but this is the exact same setup in the front right in back of me is Radio Row but in the front you have all these tables where journalists can sit and write there's food and things of that nature This is a big deal. And anyone who feels otherwise is kind of kidding themselves. In fact, I asked Steven Espinosa if he thinks that this is going to break the pay-per-view record. He actually predicted that it won't, but he did say that he's kind of the guy who, you know, is not really, uh, is not one to make these bold predictions. He likes to err on the side of being conservative, but I, I was surprised to hear him say that it won't. Um, last we heard from Leonard Ellerby a couple of weeks ago, he said that the gate was currently at 60 million. The record gate is 72 million, and that was Mayweather Pacquiao. The pay-per-view record is 4.6 million, and that's Mayweather Pacquiao. And that was two year, uh, a little over two years ago, May of 2015. So they were at 60 million. There's been some talk of you know ticket sales not doing great. Last I heard, there was around a thousand seats left. Um, but these these tickets are so expensive that they're gonna they're gonna blow by it even if it's not a sellout. That's the thing. Where do we stand, guys, with uh, Mr. Kawa? It's not, don't have him? 
Will we? Is there still a chance of having him? We are trying. All right. Let's see if people are asking questions as we effort to get Mr. Kawa. Oh, and we have we have our guys here. Um, hey, Paige. Let's bring in. Let's bring in uh, as we as we try to fix the phones. Let's bring in uh, Mr. Phil Baroni. Can we do that? He's right over there. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a good call? But could we still try to get him? I'd still really like to talk to him. And can you can you touch base with him and let him know that we're just going to move him around? Is that okay? Because I'd still love to talk to him. Let's bring in Phil Baroni. Phil Baroni, come over here. Let's bring him in. He's early. A bearded Phil Baroni. Phil, what's up, my man? Got done training. Just got. Did yeah. you take a shower? Of course I showered. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> did you shower? I did. Do I smell? Smell so. Phil, how are you? Good. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes. Do you want to wear this? I do. Yeah, you can wear it. I think you'll hear me better. You hear me better now? All right. Uh, I don't hear him great in my ears. If we could put him up a little more. Um, Phil, it's good to have you here. What do you think of this setup? How's my hair look? You, your hair looks great. I like this look for you. I like it. What does it signify? Sure. The real deal. Oh, wow. Fedor Mark Coleman. Is that from the event? Yep. Wow. It just got sent to me. From who? Oh, so it's not like from you back in the day. No, no, brand new. Okay, talking to the mic there, and can we put him a little higher? I don't yeah, think. My mic sucks. Yeah, I don't think his mic is. Uh, I don't think his mic is working there, guys. Are we on air? Yeah, there we go. Great. Yes. You can hear me now better, right? Can you hear yourself in your ears? Much better, yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, so what do you think of this? You just came in here. I bet all the journalists and everything were crowding around you. Yeah, as an actual superstar yeah. is yeah, here, right? Yeah, I might be the first one here, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we have a lot of things to discuss with you. We have a lot of, we have a lot, you, you've you got a lot of opinions on a lot of things, but first let's start you with... You saw my opinions a little bit? Yeah, of okay, course. Okay. Let's start with Mayweather McGregor. Real quick, before I forget, okay. I just want to say something quick. Please, please. I just got to get this out. When all the... the the pride guys came over and started losing. Yeah. Do you remember? And everyone said, oh, because they're not on juice. That wasn't why. It's because all the UFC guys were on juice. Yeah, right. And the pride guys thought they couldn't take juice in America. Is that true? Yes. I'm telling you the truth. You, oh, you believe that? This is not I a know, joke. I know for Well, I live in Vegas. And I know all the guys. Yeah. The reason they all thought you have to stop. Yeah. And they all stopped. And they all looked like shit. Yeah. I'm going to name the guys, but you've seen them and they all lost to stupid fights when yeah. they first got here. Yeah. Well, that's the reason is because they thought you can't do steroids in America and that's before USADA. Wow. And they were the only ones not doing steroids. I'm just saying that's why they all lost. Interesting. That's the real reason. Okay. So, okay, so since you brought it up, what do you make of the John Jones situation? Are you familiar with this? Yes, of course. Uh, this substance I was reported by TNT. Yeah, tell, tell us about it. What is it? Toronto Ball. It's, it's a steroid that was developed by the East Germans. Okay. They did really good when they used that drug. And it's a drug that women and men can use. There's no androgenic side effects, which is male secondary sex characteristics, like aggression, deepening of the voice, those are male secondary sex characteristics. So it wouldn't turn a woman to a man, okay. like testosterone would. Okay. So it's, a, it's an anabolic, it's, it's not really androgenic. Okay, what about the fact that it... Uh, if and, and if you're on that drug, you might need Viagra, because it's not androgenic. It's not like TRT. It's a complete anabolic, what a woman could take. Okay. So it wouldn't turn a woman to a man, so it has none of those male secondary sex characteristics, so it would make you... 
metabolic, yeah. but not androgenic, not aggressive. Let me ask you. I, I want to get. I want to get this right here because I got some information about um, his tests, and I, I just want to get the days right. So on July sixth, listen, I was it's told, impossible. Let me say another thing. It's okay. impossible unless he took the fucking shit the week of the fight. Yeah. Yeah. That he couldn't have been caught. He can't just. Do you know what I'm saying? So he obviously was caught the whole time. Okay, well, so they he, knew, but it was a big fight. They had to let it happen. He took so a test. So the DC yeah. was expendable to the company. What do you mean by that? Well, they don't give a fuck that he got a concussion and get knocked out because he got knocked out by a drug 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 using fighter. They knew it. Yeah. There's no way they found out. I, I just know everything about this stuff. There's no way they found out just for after the fight. Okay. They knew the whole time. Really? Why would you take it just the week of the fight? It does not affect you. So you think that they knew and they let him fight? Fuck yeah. Okay, so this is the information. July 6th, he took a blood or urine test, passed that one. July 7th, took a blood or urine test, passed that one. On July 28th, the day before the fight, took a urine test, and that's when it came up. Yeah, right. Bullshit. Those days right there came down and they just didn't say nothing. You think so? Guaranteed. Get that fat little little skinny bald prick on here. I'll go one on one him. He wants to go. Which he one? wants to go. The, the Usada homo. Uh, if he wants to go, <laughs> if he wants to go one on one with the badass, you know. And what did and and, and 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 this is this a comment? Because didn't Frank Mir test positive for this as well? Well, yeah. I don't. Well, well, maybe there's something in that you know Greg Jackson's water over there in Albuquerque. Think, have you ever taken this? No, I've never taken anything. Anything? No. Come on. No way. Come on. How do you know so much about I'm this stuff? Natural. I'm I'm a biology major, so you forget about that. I've been Back a degree in the in biology day. and psychology. From where again? No, Central Michigan and Hofstra. Hofstra, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Long Island York. Strong. Yeah. Would you ever go back to New York? Well, the thing with that was when I came here, I lost to Matt Lindland in the UFC, yeah. UFC 34 or something like that. And I said, I'm never going to go back home until I'm a UFC champion. And I just never went back home. So, UFC title Okay or, or world title I tried to get in pride But so I'm stuck here That's right Okay yeah. um, Okay so John What does this mean For his legacy In your opinion like Okay I had to make Google go to Overeem it up Yeah Uber Jones it Yeah And go kill everybody And then he liked that In Japan Be the new Fedor Be the guy that Nobody could beat But now for real He beat everybody already Beat him at heavyweight now go to heavyweight and fight them all. Is he the greatest of fight all time? You, fight you, Uber, Reem there. Is he the greatest of all time in your yeah, opinion? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Even despite all this? What does that mean? Nothing. He kicks everybody's ass. Right. In a fight, yeah. he's the best. That's what I want to see. You, I want to see the best guys fight. I, I don't give a fuck where he trains, if he does jiu-jitsu or not, if he, if he does anabolics or not, if he does boxing or not. I just want to see the best guys in there compete. You had a great tweet about... I would never do steroids, but I'm just saying. For you had a great tweet comparing him to Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. You believe, oh, and look who's here. Mr. Stephen Bonner. Things are getting fun. Oh, the real shooters are in town. Yeah, the real shooters are here. Stephen Bonner, how about this? Look this at this. He's got a pink shirt on and everything. Wow. What's up, Mr. Helwani? This is huge. Thanks for coming, guys. I appreciate it. Well, you know, you, this guy's responsible. You owe us. He owes us. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. You made the trek, right? This guy's fucking responsible yeah. for the UFC being where it is today. Uh-huh. You know, when, 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 the, when the average Joe, him and... What was the guy's name? Who'd you fight? That, that bum I fought? Yeah. Talk into the mic. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, the guy he fought. Yeah. You know, the regular regular guys. Yeah. yeah. Before to be in the UFC, you had to be an Olympian like Mark Homer or Randy right, Cole. You right. had to be Dan Henderson. Or you had to be, you know, a super duper world champion, multi world champion. And then these guys started coming in. And, and then the, the, influx, the influx of bums yeah. entered the UFC. A okay. bunch of reality show stars. Yeah, right? Average shows. Guys like Ariel Hawani. Yeah, yeah. So Anyone could be in the UFC now. Yeah, right. Everybody <laughs> could be in the UFC now. <laughs> wow. Well, it's good to see you. 
you here. Uh, we were just actually talking about John Jones, and you know a thing or two about John Jones, right? Yeah. You fought him. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Honestly, uh, I'm not going to believe it until they test that B sample. You oh. know what? If Fox News could put Trump in the White House, uh, I think Fox could uh, find a way to get that title back to Daniel Cormier. Oh, I think wow. it's, yeah. Wait, so he's quick to say that... It was all, you know, everything was I, I wasn't mad about Trump. Trust me. Me and Trump are friends. So yeah. that, that part was good. But he's from New York. He's from Queens. That's that's right, right, yeah. right, but yeah. to see him uh, do this to John Jones just so they could get that title back in Cormier's hands, yeah, that yeah, breaks yeah. my I heart. I mean, it was definitely a conspiracy. I'm letting him break that. I'm letting him break that. I'm letting him break that. What do you mean? What's the conspiracy? Well, go ahead. What, are you kidding me? Like, the, the, the Fox is worse. Like, the UFC's on Fox. Their worst nightmare is having Cormier lose the title and having John Jones is the champion. You think they're behind so, us? Without a doubt. Come on. 100%. And, and, and we talked to John Come Jones. On, they we got talked pushed to... in the White House. He's got Trump in the White House. He was behind on all the polls. And now they got Daniel Cormier holding the title okay. once again. <laughs> but really, he... You know. <laughs> Go ahead. I forgot. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Stefan. You fought John Jones. Daniel Cormier, yes. He's close to John Jones. He spoke to John Jones. He told me. I didn't take anything. You, oh, you spoke to John? Yeah, John told him. I didn't take anything. When did you speak? Yeah. I swear to God. I spoke to him yesterday. I don't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. Wait, you when you fought, he so, called no, him. He's got his number. They fought. They spent three months together. When you fought him. Me, him, and Al Melvin party together. When, 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 <laughs> when you fought John Jones, did you think, I mean, did, no one ever thought when he was younger that he would ever do, he, he had kind of a frail body, he was skinny. Did you think that anything was up? No, he's absolutely like not. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely that's not. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, honestly, he's the type of guy that could go, you know, be tooting lions and still be Daniel Cormier. So he does definitely doesn't need any steroids to be Cormier. He proved that before. And, um, yeah, this so, is so definitely... Uh, he's innocent. He's framed. Okay. Are you kidding me? He's, he's you been You guys being disagree framed. on this because well, you actually know. came out and said that you thought... Well, that I just was... said it's kind of funny that all the guys from... Yeah. Jackson's and Turinable. Well, that's the thing about Turinable, too. And he only has a five-day detection. Was he really taking it, no. like, five days out from the fight? I no. find that Have hard you ever to tried it? It's not five days. This is like 14 days. Yeah. I think no, it's 14 no, I days. Prescribed testosterone from a licensed physician. I do not break the law. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what happens there. Do you still consider him the best? Of course. Yeah. Everyone saw what happened. But you know what is good about this? We're looking to sign John Jones at the Legends Room. We're having a huge right. viewing party right. for McGregor Mayweather. Okay. And, um, yeah, he's, Let's transition to McGregor. We're, we're really own, looking to sign the, him. The Legends Room is, a, is in a, a, an adult. It's an upscale strip club that okay. we take cryptocurrency. What you does know, that mean? Bitcoin, Ethereum. We actually raise money to buy the club by selling these Legends Room on a site called Bitrex that's sells uh, digital commodities. So this is a tradable um, uh, it's liquid. You buy a membership, you're a member for yeah. life, and you own it, and you could rent it out when you're not in town a few years. You know, this Legend Room membership is going to be worth a lot more than $5,000, which which uh, you could get it for now, and, and you could trade it. You could you sell it back in and, and trade it when you're done using it. So most of the members at the Legend Rooms aren't, aren't these big strip club party fans. There's these guys that have been collecting Bitcoin since it was down at 40 cents have sitting with these accounts that have six million dollars in it and it's hard to spend it. Sure, trust me. I mean, in the, we, the United States of America it's hard to spend Bitcoin. We got an ATM in our, we got an ATM in our club. You can put your Bitcoin in 
and get money out, cash out, wow. both ways. And you, yeah, got, you guys own so, club. So yeah, we're part wow. owners of this club. Look yeah. at you. But luckily, entrepreneurs didn't have to spend uh, his bit because he got ten grand in Bitcoin back in two thousand nine. He forgot about it. Wow. But uh, fortunately, we we didn't we didn't have well, to spend tax free our money. own okay. money. <laughs> we we raised money to buy the club by selling these memberships on okay. this site. Wow. You know, and that's the whole point. The beauty of the Legends Room. It's come watch all the biggest fights with legends, with guys such as myself and Phil Baroni. Right. We signed Felice Herring. Oh. Uh, we're looking to sign John Jones. Uh, we've been talking in talks with Misha Tate as well. So. Okay, this is exciting. And you're showing the fight on Saturday. That's what you're be watching. Oh, you better believe it. And yeah. you're coming too. If you it's come, it's going to be the best place to watch the fight. Are you kidding me? We got a hundred screens. Well, Every room has a table and a bottle for it. You can. What? It's a soft opening MMA fight with Jim Cover now. It's journalism. I'm a married man. Yeah, so what? There's a lot of married now, dudes. Are, are you, by the way, are you... I'm not are, anymore. Are you, are you... What happened? Ah, fuck that. I got a really? strip club. Yeah. Big you, did, you got divorced? He's yeah, open in that. a strip club. Yeah. yeah. Can't afford to be married. Really? Scram, yeah. <laughs> You're single now? Yes. Oh, my... When did that happen? Yeah, I just... When I decided to... When I, when I got my Bitcoin together. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gots to go. Are you... Are you... Still oh, yeah, spoken married. for? Okay. Yes. Now, are you guys in competition with Floyd Mayweather's girl collection? Yeah. Technically, yes, no, but really it's not competition. No, we're, we're, we're bringing in Bitcoin millionaires. He's okay. bringing in the hood. Okay, okay, okay. I understand. Now, how do you how do you gentlemen feel about this fight? You're in favor of it. You like the fight. I like fights. It's, great. it's like back in the day. Hey, there's yeah. a reason the circus has been around for hundreds of years. It's damn entertaining. And this fight is pro like wrestling. Muhammad Ali and Oki. This is the same shit. Right now, real shooters soaking up pro wrestling. This is it. This is a perfect example of how pro wrestling, the fights are work, yet they're selling out these arenas. Everyone's coming to see them. Same sort of concept. It's all about building the fight, the hype, the talk. That's 90% of it. Um, uh, Connor was mocked for his workout, but you actually have a great take Uh, on the workout. It was a joke. He he copied Hicks and Gracie. That was for all the smart marks. Smart marks. MMA fans. Like me, I knew who that was. All the goofy boxers. You have no idea what he's doing, but if right. you're if you, if you know MMA, you've been following it, watching it, you know what he was doing. Okay. Every MMA fighter in my generation was watching movies like that and writes a passage trying to crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was his workout. Yeah, it was his workout. Yeah. He did it on the beach. You saw that and you were like, oh, I knew exactly what he was doing. It was a wink. To he, us. he was telling, yeah. It was a wink to the marks. Okay. MMA marks. Could you believe these boxing guys, how much they're mocking him? Like, and there, there are some legitimate, respected boxing people who don't think he'll land a punch. Jealousy. Why jealousy? Because everyone wants to get that kind of payday. This guy's zero and zero, has no boxing titles. Not one boxing fight is going to make more money than I did my entire career. All my fights put together, even. This isn't fair. This is a travesty. I'm going to start hating on Conor McGregor. Okay, I see. I see. Do you think he has a chance, Stefan? He's got a puncher's chance. He's a big, tall southpaw who could crack. So, yeah, he does have a puncher's chance. The most probable scenario, <laughs> Floyd's going to give him a boxing lesson. But there is that element of, hey, there's a chance. Well, look at the Mosley fight. Mosley had him on Queer Street in yeah, that Mo- second round. Mosley was a champion many times. For, for, sure. you know, for he sure. was 46 years old in that fight. Think about it. Floyd Give was, what, up. 30 back? <laughs> Give me the Still. He was a young 46. Okay, so do you think that he has a chance, Phil? Do you think he has a puncher's chance? As, as well, anyone has a puncher's chance, yeah. but, but no. No, not hey, at all. Not really, not really. No. So his team, his coach, John Cavanaugh, Monday told me that if Floyd engages and comes forward like he says he will, it's going to take one minute to knock him out. Mm. 
you believe this? Good, good talk. <laughs> Imagine he cracks him. I mean, anything could happen, but yeah, why would Floyd do anything different than he's ever right. done? <laughs> you know, and of course, but before the fight, you say all this stuff. Oh, we're gonna stop him. Then we're gonna go forward. We're, but it's Floyd. You know, it's just like some wrestlers in the UFC. You're gonna revert to what you know best. Not Keep your gym now. Fight behind anyway, your gym. Floyd, the best. When I first moved, I used to go to top rank with Dana White to get sparring. Dana okay. White used to accompany me to top rank. I made mean, a video of it. And Floyd is a dog then and is a dog now. I'd go there, do a whole box of workouts, spar five rounds, hit the bag four rounds, and Floyd Mayweather the whole time, that top rank gym back in the day when he was pretty boy, not money, yeah. would be jumping rope 45, 50 minutes. The whole time, I got a whole workout in. Wow. He'd be jumping rope. He just started. So he, he, he works his ass off. He's a dog. I mean, you can see him running around Vegas at five in the morning, four in the morning, really? just, just running, just running. I mean, you go out to the club, you see him leaving, and you come home to the club, and you see, you see him coming home. You know what wow. I mean? That's how far he runs. And when, when me and Frank Mayweather used to work at the Rhino Floyd was one of the best customers and never once I ever seen him have one drink ever really? the entire time I was there wow he being there all night with his crew not even a sip of alcohol do you guys, sip of girls but not a sip of alcohol do you guys believe that if he loses this is a, a disaster for boxing that his whole legacy comes into question I mean to lose to a guy who's all in all he does have a lot of pressure he is, he is more fighting. pressure than Connor, right way more he's no pressure for, uh, no diamonds come on boxing dies he's money way better he's right. money he ain't losing his fight I mean how can he lose his fight not if I mean the big left. I mean, did he, he never, fought, he never fought anybody with a big left before? No. Yeah, yeah it's the first left he's yeah. fought with a big one. Okay. I, but do you agree that there's more pressure on his shoulders? For sure. Everyone's okay, like, okay, by chance, uh, Connor lands that big one, knocks Floyd out, then boxing dies. Yeah. It really no, does. it doesn't die. Oh, you said die. It's going to oh, turn into a joke. Die. No, Come it on. doesn't die. You, you, might don't subscribe to, you, you don't subscribe to the theory that boxing is dead and things like that. Boxing's no. actually having a better boxing's year than great. MMA. Triple G fights Triple big. G Canelo, <laughs> Anthony Joshua yeah, doing his thing, Errol Spence. Great fights. I like boxing. I'm a, I came from boxing. Right. I used to train as hell. Are you, are you guys fans of Connors? Oh, I like what he's doing. Do you feel yeah. like what he's done for the sport is I good? think he's reading the book I wrote, but, but he, and he has a way better. And he has a way better. He has a way better platform. Right. I had no platform. I didn't think I had YouTube. Right. When I was in my prime. You know what I mean? It's funny that you mentioned that. You know, ten years ago, back in June, you had that fight against Frank Shamrock, and to me, that was the beginning of you using YouTube to promote a fight. Remember that? Frank first. Yeah. He. he, he, he that sucked. was brilliant stuff. He was good. Yeah. You guys put out. You, they put out the blueprint. That maybe. Was do you remember that fight? Yeah, of course. What a great fight that was. It's a good fight. And that was a I hated that fight. That was a co-promotion, right? That was a strike force to Yeah, because Kogan does that. He's doing that stuff in uh, Italy right now with the kickboxing. That's right. He does that. He's, he's willing to work. And it's better, you know? They can work with the, the local promoters and get that whole fan base easier. Yeah, UFC's a machine, they don't need to do it, but someone like Hogan makes sense. Are you surprised that Dana allowed this to happen? Yeah, he did a kick and scream, but money talks. Yeah, yeah. money talks. It's and, money. and he's got new bosses. Who knows? They said, fuck you, we're doing it. Right. You know what I mean? It might have been Lentro's guys. No. <laughs> I mean, come on, $100 I mean, pay per views. Yeah. They're going to do over a million easily. Right. Uh, I mean, come on, we're our, we're paying $20,000 to show this fight at the Legends Room. How so, much? 20000 20000 We lost the left ear here. But well, we got it free. Yeah, they're, you guys can still hear yourself. They're giving, they're giving us a deal. Free. Oh, it's Bonner. Well, oh, he's got to give it free. He told me he's going to free. He just text me. But do you okay. think do you think that they're doing this because of the sale? Like if they didn't sell and they didn't have the down 2017. Well, I don't think Lorenzo would be doing this. You don't think so? 
I mean, maybe. Do you think it's what bad? What do you mean, why? They never do it. They never do shit like this. These guys want to make money. These guys are into entertainment. Matt Jones sold his whole gimmick. What's it to sport? How are they going to make that money back? Especially, right. come on, look at the pay per views nowadays. They're not even hitting 200000 yeah. So, yeah. I, okay, you got Josh they, They're trying to make some of that $4 billion back for sure. Okay, so let me ask you guys about this. Currently, the UFC isn't having you know the best year, right, since the sale. If Connor gets embarrassed, is that disastrous for MMA, or does everyone go, ah, you weren't supposed it's to win? It's boxing. That's what's winning. Yeah, okay. safe, I, safe I, I really don't think it yeah. hurts, and I, I don't see them really like the numbers. You have your hardcore fans, you know. I don't see the pay-per-view numbers dropping anymore. Okay, um, you guys are doing pro wrestling. What's going on with that? We're the best. Yeah, we are. We're the we're real the shooters. We're the hottest tag team too, and we're you know he's still what? fighting. He's looking to get a fight in Ryzen. I was actually yeah, in Windsor uh, helping Moose. Uh, the pro wrestler Moose, he wants to do MMA, and uh, you know what? I'm considering coming out of retirement to, to fight King Mo. In Bellator? And I'm training. Yeah. King Mo has a fight. Doesn't he have a fight coming up? He, yeah, he, he does, but who's he fighting? Who yeah, cares? Who knows? Who cares? You know, everyone uh, change out. Everyone knows they fight Stefan Bonner, and the, you know, you're going to get the main event fight. So All you're still considering a comeback? Yeah, honestly, show, I never, show, I never like show, show, show him. I never like King Mo. Look at he's, that. Look at that. 24 inch python. ATT now, and honestly, ATT, American Top Team, they're a bunch of scumbags. Or Carlson Gracie's old rejects. You have Ricardo Laborio, you have Conan Silverio. You got you got those guys. They they betray Carlson Gracie, and they they tie team up with that low life Dan Lambert and go to ATT. And now King Mo's training there. I always had a vendetta with ATT. Now I got an excuse to carry that vendetta out. So yeah, and if he's fighting Queen Mo, then fuck yeah, and come on. <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade. King Mo is just a little bitch ass eighty five in the head. Okay, uh, just two more minutes with these two gentlemen. Um, I wanted to ask. What, you, what are you trying to say? Does he get on a T ball? Oh, <laughs> on Facebook yeah. recently, you had a really heartfelt post about MMA and the damage and seeing young girls and young kids amateur and things like that. I just think it's bullshit. Listen, Dana White's the first guy that will say it. The reason I never became a pro fighter is I see these guys, they take the damage. I see them in the gym 10 years later in the bag and nobody around them. You know what I mean? And now, because only poor people fight for living. Really. Only people that have to get ahead and, and, and make it in life, you know, from the bottom, really went to fighting, boxing. Yeah. And now, guys with the ultimate fighter and five minutes five minutes of fame guys you know see oh I can be a fighter and I can get something out of it it's way harder to make HBO than it is to get an ultimate fighter and get you five minutes of fame yep. it's easy you have no fights two yep. fights you're an ultimate fighter see what it's, breaks Baroni's heart is seeing these average shows go in there and get their brains scrambled it's one yeah, thing you're girls, just gifted athlete world champion you're going in you're fighting for top dollar but yeah these average shows these girls going in and, and not really what getting, getting their into, brains not really beaten not, not, not I knew what the risks I come from boxing. I'm from New York. I used to train at Gleason's gym, uh, at Tommy Gallagher's gym. You know, my father kept me out of the boxing gyms. I know, you know, I know the damages. Like Dana White used to brag about, no, no one to damage. You yeah. want to be that fighter, you know, 10 years down the ride, you know, shadow boxing in the corner. No, nobody looks at you. They call you the ghost. Yeah. You see the ghost. Well, well, now, what do you think all these MMA fighters would be? Do you regret doing it? Oh, no. I'm a fighter. I love this shit. Okay. Fuck. How about you? Do I regret fighting? Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Well, well when, I regret when, uh, moving away from home and, and not seeing my, my, my family and my sister's kids. Yeah, I have, I have some regrets, but you got to you know, make sacrifices. Right. I would have done something else. Fucked up. You know. 
Yeah, on one hand, yeah, on one hand you do, but on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm in part of the the brain study here at the Lou Ruvo Clinic, okay. yeah, so I'm in some good hands, and I'm kind of yeah. anxious to see how this plays how fucked out. up we got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I hope not. Well, it's great to see you guys. Thank you for doing this. Man. Remember back. Wait, a real today? shooter is number one, though. Yeah. Number one tag team fresh wrestling. Okay. This dude was just like he was saying where. Come on, Hawani. Hey, name one tag team who would beat our ass. Uh, Nobody. The, the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club. Smash the little, <laughs> little wimpy dude. Yeah. Yeah. The Bullet yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah. Right, dude. Yeah. Cartwheels. The cartwheels don't work on a real shooter. The Express. Car, the Rose was sucks. They're sixty years old. They're older than me and Bonner. Those are the only guys. I've seen Bonner. Pretending they're guys like us. This is great stuff. They're fake guys. They wish they were us. We're the real shooters. Yeah, and you want in on the MMA beat too. I'm. I think you have a beef with Luke Thomas. I do. You've been calling him out for days. I know more than Luke knows. That's right. I don't even know what a drop step is. He calls it a knee pound. It's a drop step when you take a shot in wrestling. Not a knee pound, buddy. I've never uh, heard of it. Guys, this was great. I'm happy that you did it. Thank you for coming by. Thanks, this was awesome. Stephen, right. thank Real you. shooters, watch out for us. That, there they take it over. Press the wrestling. There you're going go. down. King Best take to Ashley, you're nothing. Dan Hopefully. Lambert, you're a piece of trash. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. There he is. Phil Bird on my name. Wow. Can we get a shirt off there, Stefan? Don't be shy. Come on. Take off that shirt. Come on. What? Take the shirt off, too. There it is. <laughs> no other show gets it. Look at that. All natural. Look at the big All natural. Wow. Look at that. Phil Maroney and Stephen Bonner are coming to a square circle near you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Hopefully that we're okay. Hopefully we're not uh, kicked off Twitter after that. That was great stuff. Thank you very much, Stefan Bonner and Phil Baroni. All right, do we have do we have him on the phone? Malky, are you there? Can you hear me? Just a second. Here and I can hear you. All right, Malky, can you hear me? I can hear you. We did it. We did it. All right. Let's transition there from uh, those two fine gentlemen to talk to you. I appreciate you doing this, and sorry about the uh, technical difficulties at the top. When did you find out about this? I found out. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. You found out via TMZ, no one from USADA, no one from the California State Athletic Commission, no one from the UFC called you. No, nobody called nobody called me at all. Um, I got a phone call from uh, you know, a how do you feel about that? I'm disappointed. I mean, I'm very disappointed in the idea that, you know, some of us are at least getting a heads up and being able to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, you know, know what's coming and have an idea to, you know, just at least to wrap our heads around it and get some information out to the public. So obviously we can put our part. We were just, we were completely blindsided by it. Have you talked to John Jones? I have. I did. I just was on the phone with him a few hours ago. How is he reacting to this? Uh, he's, 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 he's devastated. He's devastated and he's hurt. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing that you can go from being the very top of the mountain you know, doing everything you can possibly do to, to gain the respect and admiration of everyone involved. Fans, family members, the people of the UFC, you know what I mean? Just everybody, teammates, other fighters. And then for you to, to, to go from there, everything he's been through, to finally do everything perfect, right? Because the last time he was being negligent, right? This time it was being, he was being perfect and double-checking everything to still have something like this happen to him. It's unbelievable, it's unreal, and we're, we're all pretty much shocked. 
Ross Stockton Devastating Does he have any kind of idea As to how this happened You know Last time You know We talked about the tainted pill And USADA agreed with that And gave him the suspension Because they said he was reckless Not because he was cheating So to speak Right Correct Correct And I think I think I think that You know That this time we double checked Everything Done everything we had to do But I can almost bet my life on it That this This is uh, Another tainted supplement Some that he That That uh, this substance. I mean, you know, Ariel, you got to just take a look at the testing and how this thing went down. John, um, John passed two tests, July seventh and July eighth, or six and seventh, something like that. Effect. Yeah, six and seventh. Seventh, right? The seventh was was the uh, was the uh, was the uh, urine test that would have tested for stuff. And in in passing those two tests, they test for all of that stuff that he, he failed for. So therefore. You're talking about from the day he passed that test until the day before the fight, he had to would have had to have ingested something that would have caused this uh, this test to come out positive. The problem that we're having with that is that he passes all the random tests, but then the one test that we know about, the, the you know the one that we for sure know about, is the one that we fail. So something here doesn't click. It's not sitting right. I'm assuming it's the supplements he took. Um, we just obviously got to get to work on it and see you know what what was taken that month, that those three week period, that week of the fight to figure it out. Um, you are going to test the B sample, right? I'm definitely going to test the B sample, and then what I'm also doing is I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, sending out an expert as well to make sure that the handling of the B sample and everything like that is is, uh, is done properly. Do you believe uh, we we just had a couple guests on prior, and, and they think that there's a conspiracy to get John Jones? Do you believe that there's a conspiracy to get John Jones? You know, Ariel, at this moment, I, I, I don't, I'm not those conspiracy theories, and you know, this happened or that happened, or you know. At this moment, what I'm saying to you is that anything is possible. Okay, I'm not going to rule out any anything uh, that has to do with this this test, this sample, or this thing. All I know is that my my my, my uh, common sense tells me that the way this works is that they have an A sample that came back with the with the thing. We're going to test the B sample. I'm going to have an expert there witnessing the thing, uh, to make sure that this is being done correctly. And then we're going to go down the process. If the B sample comes back positive, then we'll go through the supplements and obviously go down the line until we figure out where this came from. I want to state that John, us as a team, first round management, Jackson, Winkle, John, the whole entire group, not one of us, know where this stuff came from. We all know John doesn't cheat. We all know that John doesn't use steroids. And I want to state that loud and clear so that everybody out there in this world knows that we're 1,000% denying any allegations of steroid use. As of right now, he's fa maximum would be four years, correct? If they found him guilty, if they deem that he's guilty, correct? Correct. Worst case, or best case, I should say, just a public warning, correct? Correct. That's the range. Either way, can he rebound from this? Do you believe he can rebound from this? Because already, as you know, I'm sure you've gone on social media. People are calling him a cheater. He's done. He ruined everything. You know how it is. Guilty until proven. Well, I mean, innocent. listen. You know what? Again, here's the thing. We've we've come back from so much already, Ariel. Why would I sit here and tell you something? different absolutely we're going to come back from this if, if if we can find the source of this this uh substance okay mm -hmm. and it is definitely again another situation where it's because this time there's no negligence we've turned everything in we've done what we're supposed to do that i'm aware of that i know of my brother stayed on top of this thing the whole time um i know the coaches everything that was being done to john um given to john any advice john was calling us you know, John was talking to us, he was communicating with us, and we were doing our job to make sure that everything was cleared by you saw it on the whole nine yards. Um, and so there's a lot of things that, you know, that, that 
obviously go down between the time you know you you get to, to, to uh, a fight week and the end of the fight and all that other stuff and there's stuff that you know happens before so i just got to get through all that stuff and figure it all out once i do that i'm confident that we'll be able to, to, to vindicate john jones again because the reality of it is and this is the thing you know I, everybody texts me today the whole world called me oh my god i'm so sorry for you time for you to drop him this guy's this and this guy's that and the reality of it is is that i told every single person that called me today i'm doing perfectly fine just like when you text me i'm perfectly fine I know this man doesn't cheat. If he was cheating, then I would be worried. I'd be more concerned because then I would know that there's, there's, you know, a reason to be afraid. But we know deep in our hearts that John Jones didn't do anything wrong here, or at least knowingly do anything wrong. So I just have to get to the bottom of it. And once we do that, we'll be fine. So to me, if, if the fans don't understand it, I can't help them. I mean, this is like my third client that, you know, it, it's him, Yoel, and my other client had the same thing happen. It was thanks to supplements. We proved it every single time. This is the second time for John. So does he come back from it? I think he does. You know what I mean? Is it an easy task? I don't think so. Do people probably don't believe in him? Yeah, probably. I mean, and you know, look, it's tough. I get it. But I know John better than anybody. And I'm telling you, this, this man does not cheat. He has no reason to. What's the state of his title right now? Is he still the champion? He's still the champion. And I think what I, from what I understand, they're going to allow the due process to happen on this thing first before they make any decisions as far as the belt's concerned. And how is the UFC handling this, in your opinion, towards you? Are they are they are they being open? Are they answering your calls? Are you in contact with them? What's the experience been like this time with them? No, it's it's been the same. I mean, at the end of the day, they you know look. Again, I'm I'm, I'm encouraging everyone to go out there and take a look at the test he passed and the test he failed. It's a three week window, the month of the fight. John has passed seven unannounced tests, and the one that he's going to fail is the one that's announced. I, I, you know, it's, it's weird to me. I like, there's a lot of things here that don't add up. And to the UFC, it doesn't add up. They've all, I've spoken to Jeff Nowitzki. We've spoken to Donna. You know what I mean? I've spoken to Hunter. I've spoken to everyone that, that would, you know, I've spoken to Ari Emanuel numerous times today alone. John's spoken to Ari Emanuel. So, I mean, there's, there's people that are actively involved in helping us figure out this stuff and see where, you know, um, they can also help in other things. But, I, you know, when you look at it, nobody's going to help you if you're cheating. I'm not going to help him if he's cheating. Mm -hmm. I don't care, you know, what. What it is, people don't understand. I put my face out there because I know my clients. I'm not sitting here doing this because, you know, I, I, it's my job. Sometimes the money's just not worth it. You understand? So I try to tell people, you know what I mean, that this guy is not cheating. That's why I'm, I'm put my face out front. I'm defending him. I'm standing by him. And if people don't like it, too bad. The whole team is. Um, but with that being said, at the same time, you know, the UFC knows. They look at his, um, his test on the 6th and the 7th. Or the, yeah, the 6th and the 7th. And he passed both of those. There was nothing in his system. So for him to start doing steroids, including, the, especially the steroid they're saying he took, he would have had to have been doing that steroid for a while for it to actually do anything. So he just took it to take it? I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's just, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of issues with all this. That's why I just wish that they would, you know, if, if you're asking me how they've been towards me, and which, which, is, which is what you've asked, they've been great. I, I haven't had a problem with them. They've been helping. But if you're asking me in another way, which you're not, but I'm going to say it anyway, that I wish they would change the way they released information. Absolutely. Because I think that if the B sample comes back um, negative, then this man just got crushed again for no reason. And, and, and this dude is a good dude, man. It just doesn't deserve this. How long will it take for you to find out the results of the B sample? Well, I, I got to make arrangements with uh, the expert has to fly out there. I don't have a, you know what I mean? Um, a, a timetable for when it'll be open, but we'll get that done. Hopefully, in the next two weeks where it'll get opened, looked at, you know, examined the whole nine and, uh, you know, we'll figure it out and go from there. Have you asked the UFC why they come out with it when he's just provisionally suspended as opposed to waiting for the entire process to play out so that 
you are not labeled a cheater, you're not labeled guilty until proven innocent? Yeah, I, I actually was screaming and yelling at them about that when it came to Yoel Romero the first time it happened, and their response to me was is just, you know, transparency. They didn't want to not, you know, release the information. But I'm, I've, I've had enough of it, to be honest with you. Uh, Ariel, this is something that personally I'm going to start working towards, which is getting these fighters to start understanding that there's some rights that they need to have. And until it happens to you, it's, you know, F. John Jones and this and that and F. Yoel Romero and every other guy that, that, that you know, goes through this. And then, you know, when, when you figure out, hey, you know, Usada plainly, cleanly said it, we know he's not cheating, you know what I mean? But he was negligent. People don't want to hear that. When they said Joel Romero, you know, was not cheating, and, and 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 his whole punishment was that he didn't, you know, write this on a on a doping form, which most of my clients now do, but before at that time didn't. You know what I mean? They they gave him a harsh punishment. So I, I have a problem with the program being, um, you know, punishing people that are not cheating, as opposed to you know what I mean, the people that are cheating. Like when you know somebody's not cheating. For example, in John's case, when the the, the, the the tribunal came and said he's not cheating, his punishment was the same as if he was cheating. So it didn't matter. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the issue I have with this whole USADA stuff. Why do you guys let this information out? Why can't we just keep it under wraps and wait until we get the B sample um, cleared? Why can't we wait until we go through a process if we choose to go through a process? Sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's less. So for me, you know, I try to expedite this as fast as I can so that, you know, my clients obviously can get back to their you know normal routines and, and fight. And for whatever reason, they just said that, that from a transparency standpoint, they just want to do it this way. TMZ came out and, and, and put out what the substance was, Turinabol. Can you confirm that? Is that it? That's from what I understand it is Turinabol. Okay. And why do you believe John? Like for those that say, well, uh, Malky, uh, you know, once, twice, why do you believe John? Why do you believe that he didn't do anything, you know, knowingly, that he didn't cheat knowingly? Because John has never lied to me. And because in every single situation John has ever been in, John's always told me the truth. Nothing that John has ever told me, have I ever come back to him and said, hey man, you're lying about this. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So when, my, when a guy that I know for a fact, all the hard work that I've watched him do, but when I watch this man go through the motions of calling and saying, hey, I'm taking this, let me send you the label, let me make sure this is okay, hey, can I get more of this supplement? You know, and, and just go through the, 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 the system the way it's supposed to. When you watch a man mature, the way he's matured, when you watch a guy work so hard to win everybody back, my question to you is why would he? Why would he? What, what, what do you, if, if you look at it, um, Oro Toronto what do you get out of potentially using Oro Toronto for three weeks from the 7th or let's call it the 8th until the 28th? What do you get out of that? There's no, there's absolutely almost zero, there's almost zero benefit from doing this. So, I mean, it, 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 in, in all honesty, um, Ariel, it doesn't make sense. And anybody who, who understands that system of doping or taking steroids or in the system, out of your body, whatever, it just makes no sense. You have to be on a cycle for a while for it to really start to show results. So he's clean all the other time the rest of the year. And then those three weeks he decides to do this, it's not John Jones. Listen, I know everybody has said before, he's reckless, he's this. You say whatever you want about him. The man's not stupid, okay? And he was not, he was not being reckless for this fight. So I believe him because I, I'm, he's never lied to me. And I have, I have every reason in the world to believe him. Just a couple more things, Malky. Uh, a lot has happened to John over the last two years, ups and downs. Do you have any concerns right now about his well-being, about like how he's handling this? Are you going to go see him? I mean, just mentally to come back and then do what he did Absolutely. two weeks ago. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about him, man. This, it's, it's, you know, he's got, you know, listen, everybody in this world has problems that we don't know about. This is a problem that we know about, right? And it's just hit the thing. And, and one thing about John, he's always done with me and everyone is he puts up this front like everything's perfectly fine. When deep down the side, I know sometimes he's not. 
You know what I mean? So I do worry about him. Absolutely, we're going to go out. My brother was just with him yesterday. So, you know, he left before the news hit, but he, we were up there for, for a photo shoot. And, you know, we're going to be on our way back up there probably next week. His brother's going up there. You have to think that something's wrong. I mean, John, you, you don't realize what's going on in the last two months of this guy's life. His mom passes away. He goes and fights the biggest fight of his career. He gets the knockout. He was emotional. He, he left it all out on the line. I think you guys saw a real... Real emotions from John Jones And then all of a sudden You know he's enjoying life again He's back to being on top He actually missed it He likes it He loves the sport He loves the fans in it And then with one announcement It's 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 Back to the To the To the, to the drawing board All the way back at the bottom of the barrel And it's tough It's tough to watch this happen to this guy It really is I know that there's been a lot of mistakes And people say well He made a lot of mistakes Listen he did But this kid never did it You know he, this is not Nothing he's done Has been intentionally To harm anyone ever have you read the statement from Daniel Cormier? And if so, what do you think of it? I appreciate Daniel Cormier right now at this moment. I thought I thought that, you know, Daniel Cormier deep down inside has always known that John doesn't do steroids. I think Daniel Cormier knows that John doesn't need steroids to win fights. I think Daniel Cormier knows that steroids didn't help John win his fight. I think that Daniel is a very professional guy, and I really appreciate him right now instead of, you know, piling on, waiting and figuring out what happened. Because in reality, the first time we piled on, um... When the first time he caught the pylon, he knew he was wrong then. It was clear that John was just being reckless, that he was not cheating. So, And how's the sponsorship situation going? Are people, you know, I know after the hit and run there was issues, but are, is everyone staying with him as of right now? Everybody, everybody that I know of has called and reached out, especially his sponsors, and said 100% they're standing by and that they support him. I think they all, you know, you got to think that nutrition is one that would probably take the biggest hit from this. Monster being a UFC, you know what I mean, uh, sponsor. You know, and, and they both called. The monster guy was there with them, said there's no way that this man did it. I can tell from when he got the news. It just, unless he's the greatest actor, he needs to go to acting then because it was just emotional. And this guy thought, like, literally, it was a joke that this could not, this could have not have happened to him. They just, he didn't, he didn't believe it. And, and he saw that. Gat Nutrition knows how much John, <clears throat> you know, tries to, um, to be healthy and to take care of himself. And, and, you know, let me say this. A lot of people say to me, well, why does he do taking supplements anyway? Well, John Jones also trains four to five times a day. He trains more than any other fighter I have on my roster. Okay. It's not that easy to tell a guy who's working that hard constantly. Don't take any supplementation. But it may just have to come to that at this point with all my clients just stay the hell away from all supplements. It's just it's just not worth it anymore. This is this is too much risk. You know what I mean? And the reward just isn't worth it. It just doesn't make any sense. So you don't know what that supplement is just yet. I don't have no idea where this could have came from. None whatsoever. But like I said, um, our protocol for us in our office is to immediately collect all the all the uh, samples of, of everything that he took for, for the uh, from the fight backwards for that past two months. We will collect it all. We'll get it all. What do you call it? Tested by um, our labs, and then you know send it out to USADA so they can test it as well. Have their labs tested and just go through the process. And once we flag something that has something that could have caused this um, positive, then we'll obviously make you know the public aware and, and go from there. And just two last quick things. Yesterday, Dana White said that they were considering doing John versus Stipe Miocic in December. Is that accurate from your point of view? Well, we were we were we were discussing um, heavyweight title fight or Gustafson rematch. You know what I mean? The the option was left to us. And I to, to you know coincidentally, my, my brother was up there with John. They were discussing, you know what I mean? What, who he wanted to fight, what the route we wanted to go. Um, and you know we just never were able to get that back to the uh, to the UFC in time because the news hit the same night my brother got back. So what do you think happens now? What's the game plan? What's your prediction? How does it all play out? Um, I think that we're going to end up finding the supplement that has this stuff, and then John will end up getting a uh, public order.
Okay, you're confident. 1,000%. Malky, I really appreciate this. Thank you. I know it's been a whirlwind, Thank but you. I really appreciate you coming on, and thanks for bearing with no us worries. with the uh, technical problems. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, there he is. Malky Kawa, the manager for one John Jones, the CEO of First Round Management. Really appreciate him coming on, and you can hear it in his voice. He is fired up. He, uh, he is certainly standing by his man. He certainly believes that John Jones is innocent, and again, we have been through this before as it pertains to John Jones, but this is this is the disclaimer that you always have to remember. They are innocent until proven guilty. And that's why they are provisionally suspended. I think it's very interesting that he said that TMZ came out with the news first. We know that the UFC has a very cozy relationship with TMZ. If that is in fact true that they learned this via TMZ, how can you not have a problem with that? How could you not have a problem with that? John Jones, regardless of what you think about him, deserves the courtesy of getting notified first. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. Now, maybe they couldn't reach him. Maybe he was unavailable. I don't know. But Malki Kawa telling us that they found out via TMZ, that is, that is a bit of a shocker. And so we'll see how this situation plays out. We wish them the best. And uh, again, I urge you, just remember, innocent until proven guilty. All right, let's move along now and welcome in our next guest. I'm so very excited to be joined by this young man, just 25 years young. He is the pride of Belfast, Northern Ireland. He is 3-0 as a professional boxer. He competed in the 2012 Olympic Games in boxing, won a bronze medal, competed also in the 2016 Olympic Games. And back in March, prior to his pro debut in New York City at the theater in Madison Square Garden, he was led to the ring by the one and only Conor McGregor. They are good friends, and I thought it would be great to pick his brain. We are being joined now by Michael Conlon. Michael, are you there? Oh, be real hard things, my bro. Oh, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, very excited to be picking your brain. And by the way, congratulations on all your early success. It's been a lot of fun to see you rise, uh, you know, just a few months into your career. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, uh, I keep up the up to date on MMAR too. So you know, I'm, I'm seeing your stuff, and it's it's great. I appreciate that very much. When did you meet Connor for the first time? I met him. I think it was before he reached out to me on Twitter and, and and like congratulated me after I won the world championships in in uh, 2015, I think. And then I kind of met him the following summer when he was rematching Nate Diaz. We kind of kept in touch through social media, but I met him in person. And I got him the sparring partner, Connor Wallace. And uh, the guy who kind of replicated Nate, he was uh, a six foot, whatever he was, uh, southpaw. And, you know, he kind of had the same style as Nate. So, so I got him then, and then we just kept in touch and kept in contact and, you know, came, became friends. Have you ever sparred, Connor? No, no, he's too big for me. I'm only a little 126 pounder. I'm not, I'm not a 145, 150, 170, whatever he says that. That's right. Uh, just curious if you ever wanted to mix it up or tried to mix it up with him in the in the ring, but I certainly understand that. So you guys kept in touch, and and, and I know that yeah. you 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 both you know are competing in different sports. But from afar, is it is it fair to say that you you know you kind of gained some confidence, inspiration from what he was doing in MMA as you're beginning your career to see what a fellow Irishman is doing? Did that inspire you? 
100%. You know, I look at Connor's mental mental capacity and mental ability and how, how he kind of focuses, focuses in on his opponents and in on the states and how he handles himself. And, you know, I took a lot away from that. Took, took a look at his self-confidence and, and thought to myself, I should be as confident as that myself. So, you know, as a fellow Irishman, he's from the same the same country as me. I want to be like him. If he's doing it and he's from my country, I'm able to do it. So, you know, that that's one thing I definitely took away. And, you know, someone who I've, who I've been looking up to for the last load of years is Conor McGregor. Last summer, you were in the uh, Summer Olympic Games in Rio, and of course, there was a, yeah. a famous moment where you thought that uh, you were essentially robbed by the judges, correct? And you had this interview on yeah. Irish national television, I believe, where you went on this rant about the Olympic judges, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Did you? Did he ever say anything to you about that? About that experience? Did he? Did he reach out to you? Did he try to lift your spirits after that? Because it, it, anyone who is just a marginal sports fan saw, I think, that yeah. moment. Yeah, he reached out and he says, "Listen, fuck them," you know. <laughs> so I excuse my, no my my language, but he says he says what he says, and he says, "Listen, this is what happens in sport, and you know, you know what you want. Everybody else who watched know you want. Keep your head up. You're going to be a world champion." And you know, he gave me some good advice, and you know, I, I I took it, and you know, coming from a guy like him, you know, you can be nothing but thankful. Do you still believe that you were screwed? One hundred million percent. Anything come as a result of that? Did you file an investigation or, or some sort of appeal? Yeah, well, the, every single judge who uh, judged at the Olympic Games, they got suspended, and now they have been expelled. So you know they're not the judge no more. Wow. Uh, Aiba tried to tried to fame me because I kind of stood up to them. They tried to fame me ten thousand dollars or something, and I just said, "Listen, I'm not paying no fame. I, I don't want nothing to do with your organization." So see you later. Wow. And and what what about the, the bets? Did they find you? for that claiming that you were placing bets yeah I, I was placing bets I'll, I'll be honest I was placing bets but I was out of competition I, was, I had lost and you know I wasn't I wasn't cheating or anything I was I was betting on on fate and you know it, it was it's Apparently, you know, it did. I didn't know, but you know, that was my mistake. They didn't fame me or nothing. They just they gave me a warning. Okay, so no fine, no punishment there. No. Okay, after that incident, is that when you decided, all right, I'm going to go pro. It's time to go pro now. I was going pro no matter what, but that kind of just made the decision a whole lot easier. Okay. You know, if I had if I, if I had won the medal and won gold, you know, I would have been on a lot of money from my national government body, and I could have stayed amateur and had a kind of the easy route, you know, without having to even go through the hard stuff. You know, we just done it easy and got paid a lot of money. How did you come to the decision of signing with Top Rank? From what I understand, even Mayweather Promotions was interested in in signing you. Why did you go with Top Rank? Yeah, I, I looked. I looked at everybody who who had the offer to say, well, and there was a lot of people uh, and a lot of money being thrown around. But I looked at the best deal. I looked at the team who does the best, taking Olympians from the Olympics and then turn them into world champions and superstars. And you know, Top Rank have done a time and time again. So you know, I know I'm with the best team. Did Connor try to sign you? He has his McGregor promotions. Did he talk to you about that at all? You know, you know what? Before, before he even had the McGregor promotions up, he he talked to me. He sent me a message on Twitter. And he was saying about like he's going to be 
starting to promote fights and getting big shows and stuff. And I was like, okay, but I, I, there was nothing on the table then. Okay. There was no McGregor promotions, but he was talking about that back in 2015 after it won the World Championships. Wow. So that's how long ago that goes back. Wow, that is amazing. Okay, so then you, you decide to go with Top Rank. You have your, yeah. your debut set for St. Patrick's Day, and then you get Connor, who's a very busy man. He's all over the world. You get him to walk you out. How did that come to pass? Yeah. You know, we were both doing uh, an event in Belfast, and uh, I asked him in front of everybody <laughs> on the stage. I, I had I had one or two pens in me, and I said to rest of them, Connor, how would how would how would you feel about walking me out in my professional debut? They just stood up and like said, "You got it, no, one hundred percent. I I want to do that." So you know, when he when he said that, you know, he stuck his word. I was I was completely honoured. Okay, so it's one thing to ask him while well, you've had a few pints, but to actually, you know, get it done, to actually come yeah. to fruition, how did you get that done? Like, what, 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 how difficult was it to actually get him to fly out to New York to just to walk you out? It wasn't difficult at all. You know, uh, he, he he says he would do it, and, and he done it. He stuck to his word. You know, I'm a fellow Irish man, a proud Irish man, and so is he. And, you know, I think it was as much of an honor to walk for him to walk out in front of a boxing audience for the first time. On the Patrick's Day with, like, 5,000 Irish people with me as, as me an event and my pro debut. You know, I think, you know, it was it was great for our country and great for us together. Um, I, I, was talk I remember talking about that moment. It was a great moment, and, and some people felt like, you would be upset because he stole some of the attention before and after, especially that moment with the boxing media when he went up to them and said that I'm going to shock the world and things like that. Did you ever feel like you were being overshadowed by Connor? No, I did not. No, I didn't. You know, listen, even in the ring, people were saying, like, Connor over here, over here. And he says, no, it's his moment. Let him have it. And he did. He let me have my moment. Obviously, he has... He has stuff he has to do himself promote himself and he can do it it doesn't bother me I did not feel overshadowed at all you know I was I was just so happy with how the event went so happy with the walk and so happy with how the fate went and you know that, that that was it it was there was no anything against him I was really happy that he that he came and done it and if I was to do it again tomorrow I'd want him there tomorrow um, did he say anything to you before the fight to, to, to get you motivated to talk about you know the moment anything like that were there any words of advice shared yeah, he was always just telling me to be calm, be calm in the chaos, and and, and just control yourself. Live for the set, make it make it like it's sparring. Mm. You know, think of a sparring session and just go in there with that kind of mentality. Don't worry about anything. Let like use the crowd to your advantage and stuff. And you know, it was all very good stuff at that point because I was listening to a guy who's been there and done it in a very short piece of time yeah. and he's been in front of probably the biggest MMA crowds there's ever been so you know it was it was it was great advice from him oh, I can't imagine having him in your corner what about afterwards did you guys go out in New York and celebrate what did you do with him he had his own after party set up I had my own after oh. party set up so so we kind of went our separate ways but he was waiting on me in the change room but I had a lot of media obligations so I didn't get to I didn't get to see him but he sent me a message and stuff and he, he loved it so that kind of ignited the whole Conor Floyd thing because he went up to the yeah. uh, the boxing media. Did you think at that time that this was actually going to happen, or did you think it was just some, you know, some kind of crazy media stunt? No, no listen, I have thought it's going to be happening for so long because when I first get mentioned, he kept telling me it's definitely going to happen. It's going to happen, and I was like, then okay, well, if, if a guy who says he's going to do something keeps doing things, and now he's saying this is going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. So, you know, once he said to me, he said to me, I think, back 
in it could be in January or something that the fight was going to happen towards the end of the year and it did happen towards the end of the year well halfway through more or less but you know uh, I, I, I believe him as soon as he mentioned it was going to happen he's the guy who gets what he wants Have you been watching the build up to this fight? Have you been entertained by it? Yeah, I've been entertained. I think it's been fun. You know, there's there's no sales match with Conor McGregor, and you know he sold this show himself. Mayweather hasn't needed to do anything to sell the show. Conor has done everything. Yeah. What do you make of the whole situation with Paulie Malignaggi? The sparring. Do you believe that was a knockdown or a push? Well, I watched it, and I've watched it many times now, yeah. and I do think it was an knockdown. Okay. I do. I think if, it, if it's a fake, it's called an knockdown. Even if there was a push in it, he hit him punches and he went down. And that in, in a boxing match, that will be justified as a knockdown. So what do you think? Do you think Paulie's angling for a fight? Even yesterday here in Las Vegas, they had a bit of a confrontation. They were going toe-to-toe. Do you think that's what Paulie's trying to do here? Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I like Paulie. I, I've spoke to Paulie many times, and I have nothing against him, but I do feel that he's pushing a fight with himself and Connor. I've seen, I seen the, the incident yesterday, and, you know, it was entertaining. You know, huh. it's kept Paulie relevant, and, you know, Connor kind of just looked like he took the higher ground and kind of became the daddy of the situation. Was there any talk, considering your relationship, considering who you are, considering your resume, of you being a part of this camp? Yeah, he asked, he said to me, well, he, he never he never said like, he needed me or anything. He just says, if you want to come down and, and, and join in the camp, just, just let me know and come down. But I had to start my own camp. So, you know, I have a fight coming up here September 22nd, which is, for me, my own career is going to be more important. So I just had to focus on myself. Okay, so this wasn't something even at the beginning that you felt would be valuable to you to be a part of? It would have been really, really, really valuable. Uh, it's just my the timings of my fate. Okay. You know, my own camp, it kind of clashed. You know, to be part of the biggest sports event, I probably think, in history. That, definitely biggest boxing match in history, like media attention ways. And, you know, I'd say everything with the numbers that are going to come up. Uh, it would have been, been very good to be a part of. So if you didn't have your fight, you would have been a part of it? 100 million percent. Um, you're in Los Angeles right now, right? Yep. Is that where you train these days? Yeah, I've based myself out here in L.A. Uh, you know, I'm training with Manny Robles and Spawn World Champions every single day. I think out here for boxing, you know, I think Southern California is probably a hotbed for boxing at the minute. And, you know, all the great champions are coming here and, and they're getting the best sparring and the best competition out there of fight in the gyms. And I think it's the smartest place for me to be at this part of my career. So Connor's team has been criticized for not bringing in any boxing trainers, boxing coaches. It's the corner is a cut man. John Kavanaugh, Owen Roddy, and Artem Lobov. What do you make of this decision? Do you think that it would have been smart to bring in a traditional boxing coach? I think, you know, for Connor, maybe not. What's worked so far, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think that's kind of the attitude he's kind of went for this fight. It could have been a big help. It could have been a help or it could have been a hindrance. I'm not too sure. So I'm not really going to comment on that. Okay. And so it's interesting because in the boxing world, and I'm sure you hear this, like what's so fascinating about this fight is 
everyone's mocking him. Every like like, yeah. like you, you hear from you know the Max Kellermans of the world saying he's not going to land a punch. You see guys like David Hay and Terrence Crawford making fun of his training. Everyone's mocking him, but yet in that team, they're talking about oh one minute knockout. He's talking about you know one ran run round. It's not going longer than that. Kavanaugh's saying maybe six if he's lucky. I've never been a part of a situation where all right here we have a team that is so co- and you know when someone's BSing. You know when someone's saying something but they don't yeah. believe it. This team really believes it. I have no doubt. But then yet everyone in the boxing community is laughing at him. Don't you feel like that's strange that no one's giving him a chance in the boxing community? Yeah, I think I think the reason they're not giving him a chance is because not not one person before has stepped in the ring and beat Floyd Mayweather. And you know, I think if it was anybody else, they'll probably give him more of a chance. But at the same time, I feel that when they're mocking him with his training techniques and what he's been doing, like he's not he's not going in the shadow box. He's going in warming up his arms and, and loosening the shoulders. I, I understand what he was doing. I know people probably are making fun of it, but it, listen, it's 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 his his method of how he warms up his body. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mock him on that, but you know we'll be confident in Harry's going to Harry's going to perform. Logic says the Floyd Mayweather is going to win, but it's a different animal. Conor, Conor McGregor is a different animal. He's defied Logic so many times, like against Aldo, against everybody who he's fought. He's became two, double the double champ. You know, it's, if he says something, he's going to do. He usually does it. So okay, so right now. The odds are kind of getting closer, but you know the deck is stacked against him. Clearly, he's doing something that a lot of people don't think he can get done. If you were his coach, yeah. what's the game plan? How do you actually beat Floyd Mayweather? How do you do it? The guy's never been knocked down, never been defeated as a pro. What, in your opinion, should be his game plan? I feel he needs to put it on Floyd early. I don't think he's trying to box Floyd. I think he should get in there, rub him up, and just work his ass off and and try to land that big left hand on him. Clean, because he needs to land clean. Floyd is a master of the fence. But at the same time, Connor is very sharp and very strong and very powerful. So, you know, who knows if he, if he catches him clean, he could get him. And it could be it could be laid out. And, you know, I, I do hope so. I hope Connor goes in here and wins. I'm sure you think, or at least you hope, that he's going to win. But what do you think? What's your prediction? What's the official Michael Conlon prediction? It's a hard one. It's, I, I don't even want... I don't want to even put a thought out there. Negative. Which... I'm just going to say I want Conor McGregor to win. I don't want to put any negative thoughts out into the area. Okay, sorry. I lost you there for a second. Could you just repeat that? My, my headphone went out. Could you, could you repeat yeah, that? Yeah, I, I just say uh, I, I, I don't want to step that lane and, and, and throw out some negative thoughts. Because coming into my head, from a logical point of view, you're going to say Floyd Mayweather is going to win. But Conor McGregor is different, and he can do things that people can't do when he says he's going to do something. I think it's the mental kind of... I don't know what he, his mental attitude. How he goes in attack states and he he beats opponents, beats opponents with with his brain before he does anything. So you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any predictions. I'm just gonna say I want Conor to win. Okay, fair enough. And do you think that this would be disastrous for boxing if Floyd loses? If he loses to a guy who's O and O, who's never competed professionally in boxing, do you think that that would be disastrous? No, no, not at all. Really, you don't boxing, think it it, 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 it hurts every, every, his legacy? Every not this question so many times. Yeah. Boxing continues. Boxing is bigger than one person. It's it's a sport, and anything can happen in this sport. You know, it's. it's it's not out of the question. If you can, if you can see it, then you can imagine it. It can actually happen. So you know, I feel that if it does happen, boxing takes 
well, Floyd Mayweather takes a blow, his ego takes a blow, boxing probably takes a, a, an ego blow, but I don't think it ruins boxing. I think this event itself is, is huge for boxing, huge for MMA, huge for sport in general. It's got the general fans, the general people, no, no, non-sporting fans are talking about this event, so I feel it's good for boxing and good for MMA. Fair enough. Where, where will you be watching it? I, I don't know. I may make the trip into Vegas. I'm oh. not too sure, but if not, uh, I'll watch it here. I'll, I'll watch it here with my fiance. Could you be a Could you imagine if if he actually pulls pulls this off for what it would mean for <laughs> Ireland, right? What, what I mean, like it I feel like the world, the world would I'll explode. I'll be dancing around my living room, uh, <laughs> bringing pints of Guinness and doing anything Irish. I feel that uh, if if he wins, it will be unbelievable, and I feel he'll shock the world. It will be the biggest upset in sports history. Oh my God. I agree with that as well. I would have loved to see you on the card, maybe Katie Taylor as well. It would have been nice if yeah, there was a little been, that more. That would have been nice, right? I know, I know, top rank yeah. and Mayweather. By the way, you, did you meet Mayweather when he was no, in Rio? No, I, I, I didn't bother. You know, uh, I didn't bother to meet him. I, even when he was in Rio, I didn't meet him. No, uh, he was kind of surrounded by his his big entourage. Okay, where do you consider him? Is he the greatest of all time, in your opinion? I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I think he is the greatest of this generation. Okay. You know, I, I agree that he is the greatest of this generation. Not of all time. You know, you got to look at fighters like Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you lose. I don't feel a, a, a loss in a record means anything. It's how you come back from the loss that defends you. Mm-hmm. Uh, two last things for you. Who won? Jeff Horn or Manny Pacquiao? That was your last uh, fight card that you were on, right? In Australia. Who won, in yeah. your opinion? I thought it was really close. You know, I, I I didn't argue with the decision. So, you know, I'm going to say Jeff Horn won that fight just because he can outwork Manny a bit more. Uh, people were crying it was a robbery. I don't think it was a robbery. I think if Manny had got the decision on a close decision, I wouldn't I wouldn't have complained. Or if Jeff had got it on a close decision, I didn't complain either. Okay, fair enough. Um, your next fight is September 22nd in Tucson, yeah. Arizona, correct? Is that on ESPN, yeah. part of the new Top Rank deal? Yeah, that'll be on ESPN. Tremendous. Well done. Now, from what I understand, no opponent yet? Do you have an opponent? Can you break some news for us? No, no no opponent yet. Come on, no Michael. Yet. Come on, break some news. I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish I knew myself. You know, What's going on? You're, per- you're preparing for a, a, a no opponent? Yeah, listen, uh, I'll know in the next few days, I think. I think Coppering have a guy, but I don't know who it is yet. So, you know, they can put anybody in front of me. The same thing is going to happen. This will happen to the first three. Dare, I, get s- Dare I say you're not here to take part, you're here to take over. 100%. What is the path? Like, how long before you're fighting for belts? What are you thinking? I think between two and the, and the next two years, anyway. Next two, you said? Yeah, next two, two to two and a half years, I think. Fair enough. And and finally, Michael, what's the what's the message to to Connor if he's listening? What do you want to say to him? Just go in there, believe in yourself, and do what you do best, and just ups, upset the odds and upset the apple cart, and you know, get that victory for Adam. Uh, this is great. Thank you so much for doing this, Michael. I really appreciate it. The Irish fans were very excited to hear from you. And again, congratulations on all your success, and congrats on that interview afterwards. That's kind of when you came on my Thank radar you. for the first time, and I thought it was incredibly entertaining. And I give you a lot of credit for speaking your mind, doing your thing, and uh, sticking to your guns there. And and it's been a lot of fun to watch you rise in the last few months. I always make it a point. To, uh, to check out your fights, and thus far you've looked flawless. So congratulations, keep it up, and we'll look forward to watching you on September 22nd on ESPN in Tucson, Arizona. 
Thank you, Ariel. All, right. Thanks. all the best to you, Michael. We'll talk to you soon. There he Thank is. You, all the best. Bye. Mick Michael Conlon, the two-time Olympian, bronze medalist in the 2012 Olympic Games. How about that? Very exciting stuff. Northern Ireland's own. I know a lot of the Irish fans are big fans of his, and it was very cool back in March when he was led to the ring by one Conor McGregor. Remember afterwards, Conor went up to the boxing media told them, I am boxing. Trust me. Trust me. You're all going to laugh. That was a great moment. We, we broke that thing down for like 20 minutes on the MMA hour afterwards. That was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much to Michael Conlon. Appreciate his team for hooking us up with him. In a matter of moments, I'm being told we're going to be joined by Al Bernstein, the veteran boxing announcer for Showtime. I hope you're enjoying this. I'm having a blast. And then after that, I think we're going to get a, uh, I think we're going to get a brief appearance from one Mark Ramundi. I'm not sure if Ice Cube is going to be joining us today, but there's a lot going on. Let me see what's going on back here. We've got Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review Journal in the house. We've got a bunch of radio guys, some out of shape guys. It's a who's who. You got Showtime over there. They're doing something. I think Telemundo to our right. CNN has a setup over here, Sirius XM. I'll run down the lineup. Oh, let me pause that thought. Well, this is very exciting. Welcome in veteran sportscaster, longtime voice of Showtime Boxing. Mr. Al Bernstein is here. How about this? This is so exciting. Have a seat, Al. You got it. Welcome to my world. Very nice to see you. What a pleasure. Can you hear yourself? Uh, I can, yes. You can or cannot? I can. Okay. I can't hear him in my headset, so let's uh, work on that. All right. Um, this is a big deal. Now I can hear you. We're there live you on Twitter right here with Excellent. the exclusive home for Twitter for all things Mayweather McGregor, and I Perfect. appreciate you doing, doing this because I know you're a very busy man. Um, let me ask you this. When you first found out about this fight and that it would air on Showtime, your first thought? Um, you know, I, we had a little inkling as they were negotiating getting ready to to uh, do it, and my first thought was that it would, it, was a, it would be something of a spectacle, and uh, guess what? That's exactly what it is, huh? Has it exceeded your expectations as far as the magnitude, the spectacle? Yes, I think I think the amount of attention uh, that's being paid to it, um, the amount of um, uh, energy concentrated on it is actually more than I even thought it was going to be, and to be honest, even more than for Pacquiao or Mayweather. Really? You feel like yeah. this is bigger? I do, actually. Why? I, and, and I'm not, you know, for the... You know, the, the hardcore boxing fan watching and say, oh my God, he's equating it. I'm not equating it in the ring necessarily, or, but just the sheer amount of attention it's it's getting. I mean, I can, uh, quantitatively, this is maybe doesn't is not a scientific way to look at it. My phone's blowing up more than it did for Pacquiao really? Mayweather. Okay. Well, so sir. that's a, you know, uh, and I have a friend of mine who, who has never watched, he's not even a sports fan, has never watched, uh, doesn't watch the Super Bowl every year. He's buying this fight. Wow. So. Yeah. Was there ever a point where you thought, all right, you know, with the world tour and everything, this is getting to be a little uncomfortable, like it's kind of reaching, this is bad for boxing, I don't know how much, like did you ever yeah. feel that? Well, I think it, look, I think it was so over the top, yeah. obviously, yeah. and I think less is more with most things, right? Uh -huh. So as we kept going with the, as they kept going with the tour, clearly there was this, this, or this need to somehow ramp it up another notch. And, and I'm, you know, uh, so clearly it was over the top. Um, but 
I think that, you know, people kind of expected that from these two, two fighters. They especially expected it from Connor, who mm. is known to be, oh, how was, shall we say it, flamboyant? Yes. Are you a fan of his? Like, did you know who he was? Did you oh, go out sure. of your way to well, watch him? Oh, sure. Well, I watch MMA. Yes. I, mean, I, I remember you yeah. doing Elite XC, Show XC back in I, the day. Yes, I have done about six or seven uh, UFC, or, um, MMA, MMA shows, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, play-by-play, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, and uh, so I, I watch MMA, and I follow it. You know, I'm not a uh, an expert. Like you guys, but I, but I, but I watch it, and so sure, I was keenly aware of him. The boxing community initially said this was a mockery. How mm. can he go for fifty and zero against a guy who's zero and zero? What I mean, what if he loses things like that? Where do you fall in line well, as far as the matchmaking? Yeah, here? I see it as a one-off. So okay. I'm not worried about the fifty and zero. I don't even consider this like, oh, if you're going for a record, you don't fight a guy that's zero and zero if the record is the idea. You know, okay. um, although it really isn't the record. That's ironic too because we're. Ricardo Lopez finished his career 56-0-1, great mm. champion, mm. Hall of Famer, uh, you know, and, and that draw came after 49-0, so, you know, but um, I think that this is a one-off. This is a, a specific event that you can look at uh, on its own and decide whether you think it merits your attention or it doesn't merit your attention and look at it that way. So I'm not, I, I understand why people look at it and say, oh, you know, boxing's had, listen, boxing's had one of its best years in 2017. Yes. 2013 was great. This year has been almost as good. So my feeling is this doesn't diminish boxing. It doesn't diminish MMA. It doesn't do any of that. It's a one-off event. So let's say Floyd wins. Yeah. Do you not consider him 50-0? Do you consider him 49-0? I guess he's 50-0, but to me that doesn't, I don't equate that as something that merits saying, oh my God, he broke a record. He's 50-0. No, because he's fighting a guy that has never had a professional fight. So I don't see it that way. It doesn't diminish what he did, and I'm not saying it's not an achievement. Do you subscribe to the notion that if Floyd loses, this is disastrous for boxing? How could he lose arguably the greatest fighter of our yeah. generation to a guy who's 0-0? Well, here, here's the thing. There's two things about this. Uh, I don't know if it's disastrous for boxing, though I believe that if he should lose, if, if McGregor is able to pull off a miracle, um, I do believe it's very much like when Bobby Riggs beat Margaret Court. Okay. Uh, and, and then Billie Jean King had to come back and win for the honor of women's tennis. Yes. I, that will be exactly the way it is um, for this. Now, one of the caveats to this, and I'm not making an excuse, but I'm just saying Floyd Mayweather is pound for pound, you know, the best fighter of the last couple of decades in, in the sport of boxing. But he is coming here off the longest layoff of his career at age 40. Yeah. So he's not an active participant uh, in boxing as he was. Still, however, if he should lose to Conor McGregor, it would be certainly a blow um, in general. I think this, it, would, it would be one of those things. It's like the reason the Margaret Court analogy is perfect is... Nobody expected, <laughs> there wasn't that big a hoopla, nobody expected Bobby Riggs to beat Margaret Court. And by all rights, he shouldn't have. Uh -huh. But something that day made her just freeze at all his annex, and he won the match. But you don't, like, there has been a conscious effort, and I talked to your boss, Stephen Espinosa, mm -hmm. today about it, also Floyd earlier today. Conscious effort to not show any training footage. Him eating Burger King, him going out roller skating. I think they want the people to think that he's not taking this seriously. Floyd is taking yeah. this seriously, right? Oh, I think he's he training is, like yeah. a madman. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm. Listen, Floyd Mayweather is a perfectionist, and one thing you can say about Floyd Mayweather, even though you know he, uh, he's had his moments in life where maybe he didn't comport himself as well as, as everyone would like, the fact of the matter is he has been um, he's meticulous about the way he prepares and what he does uh, in in boxing. So I doubt very much if he would take this uh, lesson seriously. So to play off your analogy earlier, is Pauli Malignaggi Billie Jean King? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> That's an interesting comparison well, now I that mean, I think he, about. He comes in and saves well, the day. Well, I don't know if it would be him, but whoever, somebody would, would have to come in and so save I'm the day. I'm dying to ask you about this. Paulie is your, your partner. Correct. He is our cohort on the broadcast. However, he has very much been a part of this story. In fact, True. I think that he is doing more promotion, better promotion than Floyd himself. <laughs> as recently as yesterday. Did you see the clip yesterday? They I did actually see the clip, yes. What do you make of this? Well, I, look, I haven't talked to Paulie since uh, we, our last fight was against when we did Adrian Broner and uh, uh, Mikey Garcia. Yes. Very good fight. Yes. And um, uh, I haven't talked to Paulie at all since all of the most recent stuff began. So I don't, you know, I, I don't have any new. Uh, Would you prefer that he didn't get so involved? Uh, I will take the Fifth Amendment on okay. that. Okay. How's you, that? I, let's pretend why? for a second that why? I am uh, uh, that you are on the Intel Committee. Okay. And I am. Uh, what's the, what's the Donald line of Trump thinking? Jr. What's the line of thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, political on this. Yeah, yeah, that was good. What's the line? Why? Why do you not want to talk about? It? Just uh, no, Is it too I, sensitive? Listen, it's, it, no, not too sad. It's just been, you know, it's obviously been part of it. It kind of goes hand in hand with the with the whole this promotion because sure. it's so unorthodox, right? Yeah. It's very rare that somebody that's going to be on broadcast would, would spar with somebody. And I think it took, you know, took a couple of weird turns. And, and I don't know all the details about knockdown it. Knockdown so or pushdown? Pardon? Was it a knockdown or a pushdown? You've seen the footage. I saw the video. You could go either way on it. Yeah. I think, you know. But, but, you know, clearly McGregor had some good moments there. You know. Whether those good moments were spent over 12 rounds, and Paulie made the point that, uh, you know, he came in late and they sparred 12 rounds. Normally, I think one of the things is he probably shouldn't have sparred 12 rounds because if you're not ready, you well, can't. he thinks he was being set up. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't. That know. it was more of a fight than a spar. Uh, you know what? I don't know the details of Fair that, enough. so I can't can, speak. Can, can I ask you about this? What do you make yeah. of the Nevada Athletic Commission's decision to allow them to wear eight ounce gloves in a 154 pound fight? Well, the the. Um, the, a group of the the, the ring, a group Ringside of ring physicians, physicians yes, has they, they criticized. Went it. Yes, yeah, they have yeah. criticized them for it. Uh, part of the part of the thing is that um, uh, eight ounce gloves, of course, are worn up to uh, one forty eight. And and Floyd Mayweather has worn eight ounce gloves most of his career. And McGregor, of course, has fought with four ounce gloves. So their theory was that even though they're fighting at a very slightly higher weight, this would still be within safety uh, bounds. I don't think it has that big an impact on the fight. You don't. I, I just don't because um, I know people are saying it could help McGregor because at least they're not 10-ounce gloves, and I guess to that extent it would, but Mayweather's very comfortable with those 8-ounce gloves. What's the game plan to beat Mayweather in your opinion? What would you tell Conor? What does he need yeah, to do? Yeah, it's a little tricky because Conor McGregor, as you well know, what the, the people that have done well against Floyd Mayweather, Marcos Maidana, Jose yep. Luis Castillo, are boxers who are very good at an aggressive style. I thought the first fight with Maidana, in my opinion, was a draw. Mm. 
Maidana did very well, getting inside, crowding him, um, throwing a lot of punches, working the body. That's not really who Conor McGregor is as a stand-up fighter in a, in, in a MMA, correct? Right. He's, he likes to counterpunch. He yep. likes to stand the outside. Yep. He's, he's more of a boxer type. But he's going to be the bigger man. You know, he's fought at 154 pounds, really 155 yep. in, in MMA, 10 times. Mayweather's only fought at that at 154 twice. He's going he's gonna to rehydrate and weigh 20 pounds more than Mayweather at least. He's going to need to be physical with him, but he's going to have to find a way to do it within the confines of what he does as a fighter. He can't turn himself in, in 14 weeks of training into Marcos sure. Maidana or Jose Luis Castillo. So I think the way to do it is be physical when he can. And Pat Miletic, who was on a video with me, the great MMA Absolute uh, legend, living legend, legend yeah. uh, said he believes that when he can do it, he's got to get really physical with him. He's got to be physical with him, wear him down a little bit, and land a good straight left hand. What's so fascinating about the fight is that his team is beyond confident. Like, I believe yeah, that oh, they yeah. believe. So is McGregor. But yes. everyone is mocking him. The yeah. whole boxing community says, right. like, you're not even going to land a punch. You're not even going to hang right. in there. It's that dichotomy. Like, when Peter McNeely fought Tyson, he said, I'm going to knock him out. No one really believed that he was right. going to knock him out. Right. But they really believe. Like, they truly think they're going to shock the world. Yes. I, no, it's a I, fascinating thing. It is really intriguing. And, I, and, and Conor McGregor's confidence is kind of a relaxed confidence. Not when he's over the top and doing his, yeah. his, his shtick, but even today at the press conference. He, subdued. You know, it's subdued, but it's actual confidence. Yeah. He actually thinks that, you know, uh, it's going to happen. And listen, if you don't get to that stage, you can't get to the next stage. Right. Uh, so it's going to be very intriguing. I, you know, um, Mayweather is, uh, he says, he was, we had our fighter meeting today with Mayweather. Oh, wow. And he said, I'm going to knock him out. He says, this fight's not going to distance. He says he's going forward. Do you believe him? No. I don't okay. believe he's going forward, <laughs> I but I think he saying. believes he's going to knock him out. Okay. Uh, I think not at the beginning of the fight, because okay. I, I think he... Floyd Mayweather is kind of like the Borg on Star Trek. I don't okay. know if you remember yeah, yeah, that, yeah. where they, they would get... You could shoot them with uh, the rays, and for the, at the beginning, you could kill them. But then after about five times... They adapted, and you can't do anything to him. That's he is the Borg. He he cannot. After three rounds, you can't do anything to Mayweather. So, I think that he's going to try and do what he's always done: figure it out over the first three rounds, then move on and 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 win the fight. But I think in this fight, because I think he is convinced McGregor will be tired by round seven or eight. He, I think he's going to become more aggressive. So you're calling for a Floyd stoppage? Well, that's what he says is going to happen. What's your well, I don't make a prediction when I okay, announce a fight. Right. I don't like doing that. So, I, I, uh, um, But if Mayweather, but that is certainly one of the scenarios that Mayweather believes can happen. Are you shocked at the odds that they're so yeah, close? Yeah, I am. You know, at the beginning, but I think the reason for that, and I'm not a gaming expert yeah. by any stretch, the, the reason for it is that um, they when the, when the odds first uh, started, of course, a lot of money came came in on McGregor because yeah. they were so high and then they bet it down at the end of the day. I think smart money will come in on Mayweather closer closer to it. Two last things for you and this yep. has been great. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, no for problem. you being a part of such an event like this, the next couple days, what's it like? Uh, it's a zoo. It's a zoo. <laughs> you know, you get, today, you get nervous? We're, today we, no, not really because, not for this. Okay. I mean, I do a lot of uh, musical performing. That I get nervous for. Okay. But, 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 um, but I think that, um, 
uh, you know, for us, we, we're now into the, the, the part of the week where it's just very intense preparation. We have, when I leave you here, we got two production meetings, one for the weigh-in show and one for our regular show. And tomorrow we'll, we'll interview all the undercard fighters. Okay. We'll get back, we'll do, we'll have another production meeting, then we'll do all our preparation, you know, finalizing all our notes and everything. So this last time before a big fight like this, I kind of get sequestered. So a lot of times when I'm doing a broadcast, I don't feel the, the all this as much as if I were just covering it or we're, we're there. Okay. So so this early part, and that's another thing. I, normally, I'm not even a part of this part. I mean, I'll do 8 million radio and TV shows, yeah. but mostly by phone or go like I went yeah, to yeah. L.A. and did it last week. I don't feel this part of it so much. I'm feeling it for this fight because here we are on Wednesday, yeah. and the energy is already pretty big. That's amazing. Did you meet with Connor yet? We haven't. I don't know that we're going to. Why? I don't know. He's don't not know a big fan of Showtime. Pardon? He's not a big fan of Showtime. I don't think he is. Uh, I feel bad because I would have loved to have talked yeah, to him. And I have absolutely nothing in, in any way, shape, or form against him. So okay. I'm, and, and let me say this. I'm going to say this to all your please, MMA please, fans. Please, please, At Showtime, when we do a boxing broadcast, and I hope most of the MMA fans uh, are, understand this if they've seen our show. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because I'm... Uh, giving some kind of pro forma speech. We do not pay favorites, and we call fights the way they're supposed to be called. And that's the way this one will be called. So so there is no, no matter what, even if even if there's animosity flowing somewhere, yep, yep. That, it, that means nothing to me. Appreciate and, that. And let me say, from Paulie's standpoint, you know, he had issues with Adrian Broner um, when they fought. He's done several Adrian Bruno fights since then, and I think been very fair. So I, but I, I can only speak for me, and I can only speak for the the way Showtime does boxing. We do not uh, look at a fight um, from one vantage point. Or Appreciate another. that. Favorite fight you ever called? Uh, Jose Luis Castillo and Diego Corrales. Wow, yeah. And a close second was Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns, favorite which fighter? I did when I was ten years old. Yeah, of course. right. That's right. Favorite fight? My nose growing. Uh, favorite fight? Castillo and Corrales. Favorite fighter? Oh. Fighter Sugar Ray Robinson from way, way, way back when I was a youngster. I watched him. Favorite non-boxing event you ever called? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I announced. Um, let's see. I did a lot of college basketball for ESPN during that uh, period, and um, I'm trying to think of a specific game. I can't think of a specific Anything, one, okay. but I college did, basketball you like? I, uh, I, I enjoyed doing it a lot list event that you'd like to call before it's all oh, said and done? Golly. What's one event that you'd say, you know what, that I'd I would love, love to be to there? Do. I would like to be a part of the broadcast of the Kentucky Derby. I think that would be a wild... All I've right. never even been to the Kentucky You're Derby. You're a big horse racing fan? I'm a, well, and I'm a horseman. I ride horses. Okay. I, you know, I've been involved with horses all my life. And so uh, so I love that, but I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. All so right. I hope you get Do you have club? Can you arrange that? Uh, no. No. Oh, actually, darn, just I in the MMA world, and it's very minimal. Even, even in the MMA yeah, world? Exactly. <laughs> you can't, you can't but I did, by the way, I really enjoyed doing the MMA shows I did. I love. I it. remember I worked, you back in the with Pat, uh, the I worked with Stephen Quadros, right. the fight professor. Let's get you back. Uh, I did one with uh, Phil Baroni. It was That's fun. right. He was here just a couple minutes ago, yeah, sitting oh in your my seat. God, I got to find him. Yeah. Uh, he feels a good man. So 
I love, I have great respect for, for mixed martial one arts. One thing that I've always appreciated about you as an MMA fan, but also as a big boxing fan, you aren't one of these boxing guys who try to disparage MMA no. and say that there's only room for one. You've always Plenty given of room a lot in of the combat sports tent for both, and and there are many, many more crossover fans than I think people yeah. assume there are. Uh, and some people are not going to listen. I, I, you know, I wrote this in my book. I said, you can't, I'm not here to make, I wrote a whole chapter about uh, mixed martial arts. I'm not here to make somebody believe that they should like one or the other. That's personally, that's a personal choice. But don't denigrate the other sure. if you, just for the sake of it. But isn't this fun? The two worlds coming together? I, I think it's great. This is great. I, I think it's intriguing. You know, I, I Once know in a lifetime. Some people are distressed. But I, you know what? It, it, right. Once in a lifetime. It's a one-off event yes. that is kind of fascinating. And the only reason we're here is because these two uh, larger-than-life personalities are, are able to make it happen. And what I say is there's a lot of things that you could be upset about in this world today. Right. This is not one of them. Let your hair down. You know what, enjoy that's it. Have that's some a fun. very good comment because yeah. there are plenty of other things in life that uh, are difficult. What an honor this is. All right. Very Thank nice you so to much, talk Al. to you. Best of luck to you on Saturday. All really right, appreciate the time. There he is, Al Bernstein of Showtime Sports. He'll be on the Here's call alongside Moro Ranallo and Pauli Malinaji as he heads off there. That was a lot of fun. You know me. I love the broadcasters. I'm a big mark for the broadcasters. They do a great job and uh, have been watching and appreciating his work for quite some time. That was awesome. Great to have Al Bernstein on the set and wish him the very best on Saturday. All right. This has been great, but we continue to go. How about this? The biggest guest of them all. The biggest guest of them all is coming here. We had Malky. We had Michael Conlon. We had the shooters. But now we've got Mr. Mark Ramundi. Wow. My partner in crime sitting here. Five foot, 11 inches tall of manpower sitting down. What an entrance. Taking his time. What's wrong with you? You never put on some headphones? Oh, hey. There he is. Hey. There he is. You know, one thing that we've been doing on the show, like we're so close to each other, let, let's let's space it out a bit there. Yeah, yeah, let's space it out. There's maybe, another third uh, chair over here. Yeah, so maybe we get rid of that second. chair. Uh, Mark, this has been fun. Yeah. We've talked to a lot of people today, but I think I'm most excited to talk to you. I'm going to keep my shirt on. Is that okay? Yes. That was, did All you right. see that? That was great. I, how could I not? Mark, I don't know if you know this, but we're live on Twitter right here. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Scooch over, Mark. Look how much space you got over there. Scooch. Scooch. This is great. Was that was Bernstein that close to you? Yeah, he was close, but I think he really liked me. It's possible. I'm just looking around to see if there's any bigger guests that we could get. I'm just kidding, Mark. Come on. Lighten up. Bigger in terms of height or no, in terms of, in terms of stature. Name so Ice Cube not coming, right, Adam? What? The, the audacity. Where's Kenyon Martin? Love? We got plenty more to come. Let me run down for everyone what's to come the next couple days. This is good that you're here because tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time, Mark Ramundi, Luke Thomas, and Chuck Minanal, the man of the hat, and myself, of course, we'll be doing the MMA Beat live from this very set. We have another backdrop, so I won't say the MMA hour. I'll say the MMA Beat. And then we're back in prime time at 6 p.m. Eastern until around 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern doing another show of the MMA hour. Then back on Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern for the last on the road episode of the MMA hour. So how has your day gone, Mark? We talked yesterday about day one how has day two gone well john jones didn't test positive for anything today as yes. far as we know yes although if i check my phone that no change don't joke about that that was a good interview with, uh, with malky earlier thank you listening in. thank yeah, you it's, I, 
it's a, it's just a crazy story. I, I I was saying the exact same thing that he was saying about put the mic a little closer. There you go. About the drug tests early in early in July, Jones passed those. I think it was July sixth and seventh. Passed those tests. Yep. And then three weeks later, the drug test that he knew was coming. I mean, the fight night test, the incompetition test is a given. That's that's that always happens. So you know you're gonna get tested that day. Yeah. And that's the one that he that he failed. It's it's a strange it's a strange thing. It's really a strange thing. Yeah. I, again, I saw my friend uh, Jedi Goodman saying to me like, "Oh, innocent until proven guilty." You get what I'm saying. I'm saying don't break the guy over the coals. Um, let, let's just let's just see. You know, let's just see. And uh, they they seem confident. You heard it in his voice, mm-hmm. and and you expect nothing less. So let's just see. Now let's talk about Mayweather McGregor. Today we had day two. Let's recap because we did recap yep. day one. Let's recap yep. day two. Today was a pretty subdued day. I mean, we had the press conference. You and I went to we went to L.A. We went to Brooklyn. We went to Toronto. Um, you know, we've essentially been on every step of this 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 journey. And today was the one that sort of lacked the most amount of energy, maybe because there weren't any fans in attendance. What did you make of the press conference? Yeah, for sure. There there wasn't a lot of energy in the room. It's 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 a big theater. If if any UFC fans have come out to fights in, in Las Vegas, they do they do they use that theater for some of the bigger fights. Like for instance, the John Jones Daniel Cormier last year before UFC 200. That's right. That was, was in that same room. And but it, fans it, were there. It, but exactly, yeah. fans were there. It it, it seats probably a, th- a thousand plus fans. It's a really big theater. So to have that theater and then not la- allow fans in, have it just be media. And the media is not clapping. The media is not cheering when Conor McGregor says something. Right. You know, audacious. They're they're just taking it in. Yeah. So I think I I think that especially especially Conor because he's used to it with UFC press conferences. He feeds off that crowd. Mm. He he. If the crowd is on his side, and even if it's not, he feeds off it, and he and he he fuel, uses that to fuel him. And it was just the the energy was dead. It was it was very much a formal press conference just for the press. No and back and forth. Nothing. No fireworks. Nothing. I'll tell you what my favorite part was. Two favorite parts. Part number one, the face off, and in particular when they squared off to the press because Connor said this is Bruce Lee shit right here, yes. and he did the pose. And I feel like again, 50 years from now when they're writing books about this, especially if Connor pulls off the upset that to me that pose right there signified what this fight is all about this is martial mm-hmm. arts versus traditional boxing Floyd had the traditional stance Connor went Bruce Lee style and that to me, that was the cover of the book in yep. my opinion you I get what I'm saying absolutely and it, Connor it, gets that he does I mean he said he's watched Ali versus Inoki multiple times that, yeah. blo- that blows my mind because that's not even a hard that's a hard fight to find on the internet and I also mean, it's it, just hard to watch because it's kind of dull it, it is kind of dull but he was able to kind of recite what happened almost on a round-by-round basis. He knew exactly what happened. He knew specific moments of the fight. So he's he's a student of the game, and, and not just the MMA game, but he's a student of, of all the martial arts, and he's a student of promotion, and he's a student of any of the of the events like, like that, Ali versus Inoki, that is, that's a mixed fight. It's kind of a, a special thing, and I think he feels like this is something that will, and it, and it will, go down, no matter the results, as, as an historic fight. You know, yeah. as a the biggest name in MMA, in mixed martial arts, against the biggest name ever in boxing, and I, I would probably say McGregor's the biggest name ever in MMA too. Is that, that's fair to say, yes, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. From a business standpoint, certainly. Yeah, of course. So I mean, this this will, uh, regardless of I think, and I think people who are who are talking about what ha- what happens in the ring 
that's a, that's important, but it's still significant. No matter what happens on Saturday night, this is still a, a massive fight, right? A huge fight. Yeah. yeah. I think that's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying historically. Yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, it's huge. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're sitting in a... People will be talking about this. People will be talking about it regardless, regardless of, of for years and years and what happens. Now, yes. along those lines, my second favorite part, the money belt. The WBC yes. president comes out yes. and says it's the money belt that's on the line and there's 3,600 diamonds and sapphires mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. What do you make of this? Is this just part, <laughs> like, does this just add to the spectacle? Is this a little too much that there's an actual belt made by a WBC? Like, they're an actual sanctioning body. I'm so glad you asked me this because just before I oh, came up here, okay. I was on the phone with Mauricio Suleiman the man from the WBC. Wow. You, didn't even, you didn't know this. I didn't it's even know that. That's how we you know it. All this, all this traveling together the last uh, few months, man. It's like okay. So you got him on the phone. I did. And what did you ask him? What I really wanted to know yes. was how much that thing cost. Okay. But he did not, he did not deliver. Alligator. He, how many alligators died for that? I don't know how many alligators. Okay. Uh, Pete is not going to be pleased yeah. with that belt, but uh, he did say he would not tell me exactly how much it cost, but he said it was priceless. I was really trying to pull it. I was really trying to pull it out of him. What about why they're doing this? Like, how did he? I was talking to someone. Yes. I won't say who it was off the record. Said this guy WBC president uh, Jose Luis Suleiman, right? Uh, Mauricio, Mauricio Suleiman. Yeah. Always finds a way to sort of nudge his way into the story. <laughs> like we didn't know the WBC was a part of this. How did they get involved in this? Well, apparently they, uh, according to him, and and we don't follow boxing like we do. Yeah, yeah, of course. They they did belts for the Canelo fight, special belts, and the, the Pacquiao fight as well. I guess it was a gold belt for Pacquiao. So now they've upped it to the money belt, which is just diamonds and sapphires okay. and alligator leather. This is just a completely over-the-top yes. belt for an over-the-top fight. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just them. It's good PR, but it probably costs a lot. I'm sure that costs a lot of money. Yeah. But it gets them It gets them right there on stage, and he gets to stand there with that ridiculous-looking belt and gets and gets PR for it. So it didn't bother you? It doesn't bother no, you that it's a part of it? Bothered me. What are we talking? What are we talking about here? This is this is a it's a crazy fight. It's a different type of fight. I think any kind of weird, different, unique stuff is, is good, and I think that fits uh, fits along with it. It's, it's being it's being guarded, by the way, in, in a vault somewhere. He wouldn't see. He said, "I asked him where. I'm like, where where is this being guarded? Where is this being secured until fight night?" I love it. And he said, "Yes. If I told you, I'd have to disappear you." Oh my god. That's verbatim. Wow. That's How about verbatim. That? Yeah. Um, I'm still here, so I, I didn't find out the answer to that. Biggest event you've ever covered in your career? Because you've covered non-combat yeah. sports, worked for the New York Post, etc. Sure. What was the biggest event prior to this that you ever covered? Oh man, that's tough. Uh, I've covered I've covered uh, NCAA tournaments like uh, Elite Eight. That's, okay. that's pretty big. Uh, I've covered some NFL playoff games okay. deep in the NFL, NFL uh, NFC conference games. Nothing compares to this though, right? No. I, I have covered the World Series. Okay. I've covered the World Series. Is that compared to this? In terms of amount of media, it, it's Statue. very, it's Man. very reminiscent. I've also covered the U.S. Open. This reminds me a lot of the U.S. Open, where tennis or golf, uh, tennis, okay. tennis uh, in Queens, my my yes, hometown. of course, Flushing yeah. Meadows. Yeah, um, it, there's a media center, and there everything in the media, everything is given to you in the media center. So you decided to just stay there all day, and then you go out to the courts when the player that you're interested in covering is is out there. Okay, and uh, it's actually great because there's like cubicles, like the the U.S. Open media center has like cubicles, like an entire room of cubicles. And you, and you sit down there and work and there's a TV in every cubicle and you can watch every court in the in the USTA National Tennis Center wow. from that cubicle so you don't have to, you can just stay, sit there all day and you can go to the media center grab some food there's, there's really some good, food here, really there's good cookies food. and yeah, hot dogs 
food. And they have, they have like, coffee, like beer and alcohol. They have a bar wow. in there too. Do they have fresh brewed coffee like they have here? Uh, they did have. They did have. Uh, they did. And, and I've been using. Like I said, I've been using that coffee bar. Uh, yes. Quite I, a bit. I, I, I have said that this has been one of the highlights of my career covering Without this every step. And, and just sort of early on, us saying we had that conversation. Let's just try to do as much as possible. Let's try to go to every single thing. And again, we missed one, the London one. But I must say, it was physically impossible because yes, Esther was there, but she had to miss the Brooklyn yes. festival. So I kind of yes. feel like we equal out there, right? I think so. All but right. she was technically in Brooklyn. She was at she had Brooklyn thing, but she yes, had to yes. leave before before the whole thing really went off on stage. But I I, I do think that we get an, an A for effort. We did we did the best we could. My we could have done a private jet though. Yeah, could have. We, we looked into it for a second in Toronto. We did. Remember? We thought about it, but let's be honest. It was a little. How much was it again? Thirty-seven thousand dollars. I think like Fox would have done it. I don't know. Jim Bankoff, are you watching right now? <laughs> um, here's here's my point. I have loved it. I have really enjoyed covering such a big event and not having to go to the Olympics to do it. Like, there's Connor. Like, like it's it's our oh, world. I thought he you was know? actually over no, there. No, no, so what? Fun. That, it's like, what the hell am I doing I here? I would have kicked you off the stage so fast. Uh, but it has been a lot of fun just covering this. Oh yeah, every step of the way, and it's been great. So tomorrow there's good company too, Aaron. Oh, it's been a how about pleasure that? hanging out with you guys that? and Esther and Casey. It's so nice. This whole summer. As we wrap this up, I want to look at the schedule for tomorrow as far as the media stuff. And you could throw a couple questions our way and I'll try to tackle those before we say goodbye here in a couple of minutes. Um, this is the schedule for tomorrow. So we're approaching day three as we say goodbye to day two. We're prime time now back home. Prime time. This is prime time. This is great stuff doing this on Twitter. Again, thank you so much to Twitter for this opportunity. Uh, Thursday, August 24th. So there's going to be a pay-per-view and Fox prelim undercard final press conference that's at uh, 12 o'clock and that's pretty much it as far as media stuff is concerned although there is a UFC 215 and 216 media day later in the afternoon I think that's a very smart thing by the UFC mm-hmm. to try to capitalize on the amount of media here oh uh, so and get this too yes what even a, better than that okay there's a shuttle from here where oh, wow. we're sitting right now wow. that goes right to that media day okay at, I forget what time but they're 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 being very smart about it. They're servicing the media. They're gonna they're gonna send a shuttle right here and send it right to the UFC, uh, the new campus, the new campus, yeah, yeah. institute, the yeah. institute. Um, some people. So we have a question here from oh. Will Mariachi. What's the fan representation like? More Mayweather fans or more McGregor fans? It's kind of hard. That I don't it's see a lot. Of, judge. Not a lot of Irish fans so far. Right? I haven't seen a lot of Irish fans, but okay. So so yesterday was was the outdoor deal where yeah. we were all melting in in the ninety nine degree heat uh-huh. and. Fans came out for that, but you could understand why there wasn't a huge windfall of fans for that, right? Because who wants to? I mean, if, even if you're a big Connor or Floyd fan, that's that's a tough ask to sit right. in the, sit in the sun for three hours in in a, in a Vegas heat in August. And then today, it wasn't open to the public, right? Right. So how, it, we really haven't been able to gauge yet. Wayne's is always is, is always the day, and uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like as as Connor's career has gone on in Vegas. The Irish fans have been arriving a little bit late. It's expensive, and, and yeah. it's a hard ask. There's not even a direct flight from Dublin to Las Vegas. So it's a hard ask to have them out here on a Tuesday. People do have jobs. People do have jobs. They have to do you know, their thing. But I, I do believe they will be here by weigh-in day on Friday. Yes, I hope so, at yeah. least by the actual live weigh-ins. By the way, um, there's a question here. What do you think?
think about Pauli Malignaggi, he should not be calling the fight. He's still talking about Connor and can't stop. I think he's like a crazy ex-girlfriend. But honestly, do you think they should pull him off the broadcast? Has he crossed the line? No. What? Okay. No, why? Why? All right. What? Again, what are we talking about here? This is a different type of fight. This is not the standard. This fight breaks all the rules, right? Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. And having Pauli on the broadcast is part of the entertainment. Some people were tweeting at us after our reaction video okay. yesterday saying that we're well I don't want to say what they were saying about how it. we feel about, about Pauli Malignaggi but we're on the look, internet look the, the, the this, is a, this is a family show okay, at least so. I was led to believe that yeah uh, I mean I don't understand why people are so upset about this it's it's, it's become part of the promotion you think Conor McGregor's really upset that Pauli Malignaggi has helped him promote a fight where he's bound to make over a hundred million dollars no of course not it's all part it's all part of it so there's no reason to be upset with Pauli Malignaggi Listen, he's, try, he's trying to get a fight they're gonna fight the man Saint is trying Patty's to get a day. fight uh, can't, can't begrudge that that guy is trying to make 50 million of, uh, of his own Synchron, Synchronic Sync 1 asks will Bruce Buffer be a part of AMAC no he will not Jimmy Lennon Jr. we found mm-hmm. out yesterday that Demi Lovato will be singing the American National Anthem but what about the Irish? I what about know. the Irish good National question. Anthem? I'd like to know. Sinead, um, Sinead available? That'd be great. That'd be great. It's actually a sad story. You heard there's a report that she's living in a motel in New Jersey. I did not hear that. That's sad. Yeah, oh, really? a couple weeks ago that came out. Uh, just a couple more. I'm sorry to hear that. Me Who too. is Notorious MMA's major sponsor? This is from Joseph Catella. Uh, well, he just came out with a great spot Beats by Dre today. Did you see mm-hmm. this? I did see that. Really well done. I Very thought. well done. His Very smile well done. Is another one that he had, the toothpaste company. People were giving him crap. I about thought it was that. great. What? I thought it was Who funny. That's like, safe. On, I thought he kind of did that with a twinkle in his eye, like, look how silly this is that I'm getting paid to do this. But this is awesome. No? Joe Namath posed in, in pantyhose. Like, what are we... Come on. I don't recall that. Uh, last one. <laughs> last one. Did you notice Dana was wearing a McGregor Sports and Entertainment yes. shirt? What are your thoughts? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, I asked him about this to a certain degree. I said, have you enjoyed just being able to, you know, root for one guy? Right. When he's promoting UFC 214. He can't root for Jones or DC. He has to keep it neutral. But here, he can go full-on promoter. 100%. He can go full-on Don King. He can go full-on Bob Arum. Full-on De La Hoya and he sort of said yeah it has been but it's been different it's been nerve wracking but I think this is the best kind of Dana White when he could just back one guy right. and just go full on hearing Dana say that he is going to knock out Connor's going to knock out Floyd like we don't hear him say that make predictions mm-hmm. so I think this has actually rejuvenated Dana a bit like he's kind of felt a little bit I don't know lacking motivation subdued I think this has been the best Dana White we've seen in quite some time I do agree because I feel like there are times in a UFC fight where, where he does want to say stuff like that and he he just can't because he's the promoter for both fighters yeah but just having him in that sort of Chuck Liddell role, you know, mm-hmm. like in Pride, where yep. he could just be like, this is my guy, like old the school one pro wrestling. Right. I love it. I love it. It's easy to promote that way, honestly. It's easy to promote uh, for a promoter. If you only if you have one person in, in the big fight, it's easy to promote. Someone wants to know how tall you are. Can you tell them? I am not 5'2". Did you, did you say that? I did not say that. I think it might have been Luke. I think it might I think have been it Luke was Thomas. Luke. I think that where was... That, that was pinned on me. It was pinned on Unfairly. me. Unfairly. That, that might have been fake news that I heard. Don't even. That might have been hashtag fake news I don't even I don't even like making that joke right um, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Now we've now now, now now we've can now I get a better thing? Now it's all gone bad. But the answer the answer yes. is uh, five foot six. Five foot six. That's you heard answer. it here That's first. For, for Breaking record. news. That's the first time I've actually heard you say Breaking your height. News. Five foot six. I know this is it's a big week. It's a okay. big week here. Okay, last one to end on a better note. What does McGregor do after this? Win, lose, or draw? What do you predict he does? Paul 
Adam Malinaji, St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> Get out of here. 2018, boxing match, Madison Square Garden. Paulie's pushing for Barclays. He's pushing, well, he's Brooklyn. from Brooklyn, yeah. but you got to do that at the Garden, right? All right. you got to yeah. do that at the I Garden. I think so. Yeah, for St. Patrick's Day, because if you know anything about St. Patrick's Day in Manhattan, in, yeah. in New York, it's just, it's bananas. It's yeah. just craziness. Many a night, I many a St. Patrick's Day night I spend out in New York. Yeah? In the old days. Tell us more. In the old days. Please, no, please, please tell us more. Maybe tomorrow. Um, as most people who watch the show know, I like to go five, six hours, so it's kind of weird for me to be going two hours. I feel like I want to go more. I got more in me, Mark. This is exciting. Get excited. I'm tired. This is just day one. I what are you tired about? I need more of that coffee. Adam <laughs> threw away my coffee. Adam saying he no threw, must. He threw away my coffee. Why? I don't know. I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure what's going on over here. I've had a blast. I've had a blast. You can hear my music, Rob. All right, let's do it. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thanks for doing it, my man. I appreciate it. You're back next uh, tomorrow, I should yep. say, not next week. I'm used to doing a show a week. I'm not I used to this next week. I'm, I'm just what? Kidding. Come I'm on kidding. with that. I'm, I'm excited. I got many more hours left in me. So again, MMA beat 1 p.m. Eastern time. MMA hour 6 p.m. Eastern time. There's Mark. Look how happy he looks. <laughs> <laughs> that is just great. That is just great. Uh, this has been a blast. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in. I appreciate all our guests that we've had today. Maki Kawa, thank you so much for the time. Phil Baroni and Stefan Bonner, I thought that we were going to get kicked off the air. I thought that this was it. I thought that we were done. What is what is the terms of service for Twitter? I, I think they know. might have broken every single thank one. God. Thank God we got them out when we did. Uh, thank you very much to Michael Conlon, and thank you very much to Al Bernstein. Tomorrow, it's another slate of guests. We'll announce those on our respective Twitter feeds. Again, thank you very much to Twitter for the platform. Hope you've enjoyed the show and thank you very much to our crew both here in Las Vegas and back home in New York. Scott, Rob, Paige and of course my main man Adam. Thank you very much to Mark Ramundi over here and everyone back home for sending in your questions and comments. We're only two days in my friends. We got plenty more to come. Way more to talk about. Way more to break down. More questions to be asked. More time to spend with all of you. MMAfighting.twitter.com Look at all these other shows. They're not going two hours straight. They're not streaming to the world like all of you. This is the only place where you can watch exclusive coverage of Mayweather McGregor leading up to the fight. Then after the fight, we've, I think, have come to establish ourselves as one of the leaders. We're doing that again, once again, right? Well, not 100%. Yes, I'm getting excited here. You are. You are <laughs> so psyched right now. Even Casey's here. This is incredible. This is incredible. It's something. Yes, it is something. <laughs> All right, once again, MMA beat tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time with Man in the Hat, Luke Thomas, Mark Mundy, and I back here on MMAfighting.twitter.com. And then it's 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern right here. Another episode of the MMA Hour back on Thursday. Same in time and place. I'll see you there. Peace. Somebody out.